everybody, welcome to episode 148 of Vigia Game Apocalypse. It's going to be kind of a low-key episode after our best episode ever. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who is here with me? Hi, it's Henry. No Chris, I'm here. And? Dave Rodden. And who else? It's Tyler Wild. I'm back. I'm back for another uh, podcast that I'm doing. I'm back here for <laughs> is, a podcast. Is this the last time, or are we going to have more oh. access to you after this? Yeah, you... you you can probably have me back on next month, see, because I'm not, I'm not flying out there on oh, jet okay. plane to Maryland till the end of next month. But I am gonna do what all millennials do and move in with my mom for a while. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so. I look forward to that day for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I'm when I move in with your mo- mom, yeah. oh. 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 Sorry. oh, you hang out and crochet with my mom <laughs> and her other interests like golf. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Yeah, mm. sorry, that's what she likes to do: crochet and golf. Oh man. This isn't an episode about moms, unfortunately, oh, although man. that would have been a great uh, top five topic. Oh, we may, moms? I may keep that in my pocket for a later time. But uh, this week, we're finally getting The Witness, the long-awaited Jonathan Blow game that we saw for the first time <laughs> when the PS4 <laughs> was introduced. Yeah. I, I spent like an hour playing it last night. It's very, very misty. I played a couple of the... But the difference is, like, so both are games where it's like, you're in this mysterious environment solving uh-huh. puzzles. And it doesn't really... The, the, the similarity is it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, but the missed puzzles are like these obscure, arcane environmental puzzles where mm-hmm. uh, The Witness, I played a bit of it, is like these really traditional like puzzles that you could have broken out into like an iOS game, right? Where yeah. Where it's like you're moving lines and figuring out a uh-huh. pattern. Mm. That's actually a good point. It t- other than the 3D wandering, like the puzzles themselves totally feel like iOS games. At any point, do you have to take a uh, piss from one jug and put it into another jug so it reaches a certain amount? <laughs> Not out? yet. It's, it's all like, okay, you're in a cherry orchard and you're looking at this weird diagram and it sort of matches this tree you're looking at and so you figure out, okay, which branch is the fruit on on the yeah. tree? That's and my clue for where this line needs to go. And think about go. when you're doing that, how much uh, Jonathan Blow just diarrhea it into a sock or something mm. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, uh, throw shade as the kids say uh, when no, I say it's... iOS I'm like there's a game called line lyne that is a pretty good like PC and like iOS puzzle game mm-hmm. where it is that kind of like you know connecting dots to make uh, or to create one specific pattern. I like that kind of puzzle. So what uh, you're saying is some of your best friends are iOS games. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I know iOS games. I have friends who are iOS games. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. huge. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. One of our best fans had a great joke today, actually, about Witness. Uh, we were we were talking to him, and he said, Oh, you know, I we got the demo for the Witness, and my little brother's doing really good in it. And then uh, his name's Caleb, uh, who was showing this to us. He's like... Oh, my little brother did great in the demo for The Witness. And he's like halfway through and we're like, oh, the demo? Is he that good? And then he holds up a an IHOP placemat <laughs> with, with, a, with a draw your own maze thing. It's not far just off. Like, yeah, I, but we'll, we'll talk more about uh, The oh, Witness yeah. in the second segment. But for now, I, I wanted to use this as a jumping off point for this week's top five. Because Jonathan Blow kind of made his, his bones with a game that sort of challenged uh, how we thought about games and works on a bunch of different levels, but uh, on one of those levels is a meta-commentary on how games are structured and played and the assumptions that players make about them. So I thought it would be fun to do a top five about games 
that critique the way that games oh, are man. played. I'm going to have a lot of opinions on this. I'm writing like a big article. <laughs> I bet about you are. This. You're going to think they're all wrong and all yeah, you oversimplified. Wrong, wrong choices. Well, yeah. Tyler, you should yeah. make a top five that comments on top fives that are wrong. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, no I'm, I'm actually like writing a big article about uh, self-referential games because it's kind of a big trend right now. With um, it, the trend kind of kicked off with the. Well, I'm going to name all the games in this, so hmm. I won't. Let's just go yeah. to the top five. Yeah, yeah. beginning with. Number five. God, get your music box working. God damn it. I think you can probably guess what this is by the back and forth. No, right. We've already sort of uh-huh. talked about oh, this game. Brave. Yes, oh, okay. thank you. Brave, yes. So... Uh. Again, you know, I don't want to... I feel like it's simplifying to just call this a meta-commentary on games because Jonathan Blow himself has uh, given interviews talking about... Like, it's a, about a whole lot of things, and he mm-hmm. won't say exactly what they are, but... He's, he's uh, a complex P-man. Exactly. Know. He's a complex <laughs> P-man. Really, it's all about peeing in a jug. And that that was clearly real and not in any way a joke. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously <laughs> I mean, joke. this is, yeah. yeah, Braid is just so much more than a simple platformer. It's mm-hmm. Soldier Boy's favorite game. Is yeah. it really? Have yeah. you ever seen that video? I mean, it was at the time. Yeah. In 2008, oh, yeah. it was his favorite yeah. game. Mario uh, in a business suit. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. Uh, that game was a little too heavy for me, or honestly, is too. I don't like it. I thought it was pretentious, Aww. quite honestly. I like, I agree. It felt, it, yeah. But it's also like, <laughs> oh, it was the first attempt, not first attempt, hardly, but, an early attempt, you can say. Well, in the history of games, no, but on a console that you could mm-hmm. a game you could buy on a console, yeah, it was an early attempt at being artful and artistically driven and. Um, meta commentary and uh, pseudo narrative. Yeah, you could, you could say it, <laughs> you could definitely say it paved the way for like the sort of revolution of like indie games becoming. Oh yeah, as important to everyone oh, as, yeah. as the AAA ones. Where it's like, uh, I hate the word AAA. I just used it, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it definitely anyway. paved the way. Like so, before it, I would think Cave Story. I guess. Uh, but, yeah, yes, I mean, yeah. Uh, but Cave Story isn't really a meta commentary. But no, it isn't. No, um, but Braid. The commentary in Cave Story is Metroid's cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Braid uh, on on its surface is like a, a Super Mario Brothers style game, like we yep. said, and mm-hmm. even like a couple levels are patterned exactly after Donkey Kong. And uh, but the the twist is that you have this weird time manipulation thing, and it changes from level to level. Some levels you'll be able to just reverse time. Others like th- this only works forward or backward, mm-hmm. and uh, you will have to use both. And it's very rigid in what you can do, uh, stuff like that weirdness. But then there's another layer of weirdness that comes in as you play through. That first off, it, it starts off by just straight up aping Super Mario Brothers, except that the the enemies are maybe a little bit cuter. Like these bunnies that uh, you can kill over and over again and make kitty noises. But then, uh, like, when you reach the end of an area, like, that weird stuffed dinosaur comes out and says, Oh, thank you for coming. I'm sorry, our princess is in another castle. And that keeps happening. And then it starts to degrade a little bit, where he comes out and says things like, yeah, our princess isn't here. Are you sure she even exists? And then, uh, spoiler Think alert. Think about it, man. Spoiler alert for, for those of you for whom Braid is still a spoiler. You might want to skip ahead a bit. Come on. Get to the end of the game, 
and uh, you have to save the princess. You, you finally find the princess, and you have to save her from this guy and his advancing wall of flame. bearded knight who jumps up and down shakes the, the earth and uh, she escapes from him and runs away and you have to run with her against this wall of flame and then when you get to the end flash and suddenly everything's back to normal and observant players who've played through that bit might realize that like all the music is in reverse mm. and everything is moving in reverse so you like it's not clear what you have to do you're just kind of standing there outside of her balcony while she's asleep in bed and then when you reverse time time moves forward she gets up she's afraid of you she runs away trying to kill or block you with all these little traps she's setting off that you thought were just opening the way for you and uh, then she's saved by the bearded knight so it's subverting your expectations of what your goal is who the princess is and whether or not she actually needs or wants to be saved by you from whatever situation it is she's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a it was a heavy commentary. It I was suppose, about just like that. This was before. I feel now the saving the princess trope has been uh-huh. deconstructed to the point of like it. It's just back around again now. That now a game could just sell like. Yeah, you are just saving the princess, and mm-hmm. that's it. And yeah. there's no, there's no extra but layer it, it to it. It wasn't as cliched when Braid came out. No, no, it wasn't to deconstruct and, that. Yeah, like the whole nice guy culture hadn't really developed <laughs> yeah. on the oh. internet, at least. I think you could argue the nice guy culture was always there, but in games like this, that pointed it out. Like it hadn't been observed. Perfect gentleman in the way it is now, milady, milady. Yeah, it's like what if Mario's just a deluded creeper hanging out outside at night? I feel like this is. Treading dangerously into political territory that may alienate some listeners. Well, my point no, is to alienate everyone. I want to alienate. Uh, well, okay, then this will get them back on my side. That I right. feel I felt that Braid again was so up its own butt or just so <laughs> proud of itself, and I was feeling the same. Henry, are you saying you know nothing, John Blow? <laughs> no, he, look, I, I got Blow, it. more like Jonathan Suck. I I want Jonathan Blow to make all the games he wants, and I'd rather have an industry with him in it than not. But mm-hmm. I also don't think that like oh you try it feels like you're giving an A for effort. Yeah. Like you're, you that you're either a troglodyte that that doesn't like the game, or you're an evolved person who gets it and obviously loves uh-huh. it. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in the camp of like I get it. I'm not missing something, and I get this. And it's not enough for me. Sorry. I suppose like when Jonathan Blow was in high school, or like the, the bullies and cool kids were like, Hey, Jonathan, why don't you blow? I'm sure he heard that every single day of his life. Uh-huh. Yeah. In, but- this, in this particular fantasy, uh, the other kids at his school are all like 50s greasers. Yeah, I was going to say, like you're, you're getting your insults from grease right <laughs> He's now. He's 70 years did old. You, did you watch That's that? Exactly. Sit but on when, it, Jonathan. But when Bray came out, people were like, Jonathan blows us away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With his creative design. And that that game, I think, still works really well yeah. on just a pure game level. Like, if you can separate it from all the pretentiousness that has kind of sprung up around it, I think it's still extremely playable and a lot of fun. And I remember that kept me addicted to the point where, like, I have to get every fucking puzzle. I'm gonna go... I'm, I actually went onto YouTube and, and, like, looked up solutions because I was like, fuck this shit. I just want to put this one under my belt so I can have finished all the puzzles. Get that notch on your you, you, bed post. I think also, because I think it's just, like, a fine game in isolation. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's a risk of your... of, of fan bases kind of 
you know, ruining stuff. Because you mentioned feeling like, oh, either you get it and you're great, or you don't and you're dumb, which is nothing that the game tells you. That that's that's like the same thing with Undertale with me, where I love that game, mm-hmm. but like I'm so tired of hearing about like how how great it is and seeing mm-hmm. like a million Tumblr posts about it. So yeah. it's like sometimes just the fans of a game can turn you off of the game from being so adamantly fans of it and Yeah, but you have to you have to rise above that because ultimately it's down to the game and not the community well, no, that surrounds that's it. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that the 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 game itself I don't I didn't really love and I I agree with Henry I'm kind of like eh, middling I never actually finished it and got to the big mm-hmm. revelation. Mhm. Uh, oh, so, so this was a huge spoiler for you. So I can't comment. Uh, but I've already read about it. I didn't even start it. So. Well, that's the thing, too. When I got on at uh, GR, when we were writing features, you just kind of have to know the twist of that game because you'll write about that feature. There was a time uh-huh. when it was like, well, you can only write about two dozen games in a feature. Like, you got to have Dead Rising, got to have Brave, yeah. Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. uh, Uncharted 2, back, Gears of War. Back when we started, there were only about two dozen games mm-hmm. total. Yeah, yep. in the world. And then in the past, like, ten years, they've made all the games. Mm-hmm. So it's been really we, exciting to watch we, the industry grow as they make the games. We fought epic wars for the right to play these two dozen games that existed. <laughs> We didn't know how to make backups at the time. It's really weird that there were three different consoles, but 24 yeah. games. Yeah, like exactly. Each? That's yeah. not right. That's crazy. It didn't seem like much. At the, I mean, it, <laughs> but it was. It doesn't seem like much now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but at, at the, the time, time we oh, thought yeah. we were lucky. Oh, it we, was a cornucopia. We were swimming in games. Yeah. Like, what was the alternative? A hoop and a stick? Come <laughs> yeah. on. That's all we had. Uh, I'll give Bray credit for it raised... It, Raise the bar exponentially on Xbox Live and what a yeah. downloadable console game could be. Yeah. Completely open the floodgates for a lot of great games. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And also, I do think it raised online games journalism, too, that it people mm. to talk about the game in the way it did. Mainstream sites kind of had to dig a little deeper in commentary and write, yeah. write a little better. It and wasn't like just enough too. to say, the fun factor is five. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> the, these, <laughs> these graphics are a three. I, it only gets a somewhat excited face. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's a pro tip. You guys suck. <laughs> Number four. Your role, that is, mission, is to infiltrate the structure and disarm the terrorists. My role? Why do you keep saying that? Why not? This is a type of role-playing game. The point is that you play out your part, and I expect you to turn in a perfect performance. Who knows what this is? I see you like Konami games. You're close. Uh, well, that's, well, that's yeah. two. I, I see you yes. like the sequel to a Konami This is Metal Gear Solid 2. Yep. Guns uh, of the Patriots. Was it? No, Guns no, wait, of the Patriots no. was the fourth one. This uh, is wait. Sons, of Sons of Liberty. Of Liberty. Yes, yeah. thank you. Sorry, I was just thinking of it as the second one. The yeah. What was it? No, no, I can't remember. Subsistence? Substance? Substance. Mm-hmm. Subsistence was three. Yeah. Man, I'm and all mixed up with my Metal Gears. This mm. was like, like, looking at this in retrospect, you can read it as Kojima is extremely bitter with his fans for demanding a sequel to Metal Gear, a game that he planned to... Metal Gear Solid, a game that he did not plan to make a sequel for. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is basically a huge middle finger yeah. to people who love Metal Gear because you've got... It starts out with the tanker and you're playing a Solid Snake and everything's super interactive. It's basically everything you want from a Metal Gear game. And then uh, there's the big twist where Snake goes away and you're suddenly... Seemingly dies. Yeah, you're suddenly playing as Raiden. And who's this whiny asshole uh, who talks like fucking this? 
I've had extensive training, the kind that's indistinguishable from the real thing. Like what? Sneaking mission 60, weapons 80, advanced VR, huh? But realistic in every way. A virtual grunt of the digital age, that's just great. Man, that background music sounds like a uh, steampunk Seinfeld. Uh, uh, it's like Rise of the Dragon background music. I mean, that whole speech there is just saying, like, oh, you think you're a tough guy because you play video games. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the other half of the fuck you. It wasn't just you have to play as Raiden, where Quentin Flynn's frankly sounds like he's spreading his tongue across his teeth. It sounds like an asshole. (laughs) And, uh, but he's also, Raiden is also a commentary on the player. Because it's like he's somebody who's played a lot of video games and grown up with VR and video games, and now he thinks he's a badass yeah. <laughs> who can uh, do all this cool spy shit just because he's played it a bunch yeah. of times. Has a girlfriend that may or may not exist. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she does exist. They but got in the, the end, together. But she's in Canada. And he, <laughs> but it you wasn't, don't know her. Spoiler alert again, it wasn't her she's, he's talking to for most of the game. No. Uh, no, the game, man, I think this is the high watermark of, of Hideo Kojima getting to say the biggest F.U. we can. Like, yeah. it regressed after this one. Like, 3 was more traditional, but his F.U. was like, oh, no, you're not playing as solid, though. You're playing yeah. as big, uh, you're playing as big boss. And then, yeah. and also it I, had little jokes in it like, oh, maybe you will have to play as Raiden, huh? <laughs> well, well, I kind of feel like... Yeah. Look, taking another look at this, I sort of feel like he painted himself into a corner with weirdness, and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why he went back to the Cold War. Yeah. It's like, I have fucked this up so badly, it's going to be very strange to continue this. Yeah. So. I, read, I read a good defense of, uh, of Metal Gear Solid self-reference uh, by a game developer named Matthew Weiss mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that I thought was cool, because he, he pointed out that in, in one, the, Dave brought up the... Mm-hmm. You know, looking through your uh, memory card and commenting on the games mm-hmm. you play and all that. He pointed out that uh, at no point does anyone uh, direct that self-referential stuff at anyone but Snake. Mm-hmm. So they're basically calling both the player and Snake in the game Snake. Like, press the action button, Snake. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you're the one pressing the action button. So it creates this weird, like, there's always going to be a disconnect between the player in the real world pressing buttons, using technology to play the game, and the character. But it kind of, like, smushes those two worlds together as close as it can by referring to the player and the character Ah. as the same person all the time. And, like, Mm. so it's like, Snake is pressing the action button, but you're pressing the action button. And there is no action button in Snake's world, so it's like... You're simultaneously to it. It what's interesting is that it recognizes rather than yeah. pretending not to realize mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. It recognizes. And the since disconnect, you bring that up, there's cool. there's stuff in the tutorial level, like the opening hospital level of Phantom Pain, where uh, Ishmael, the guy who's leading you around, says stuff like. Uh, press the crouch button to get yeah. through this part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wonder they, who that Ishmael guy is. I can't imagine. <laughs> no, but I'm sure he couldn't predict it. But, uh, well, he's <laughs> sure not Quentin Flynn talking like this some more. There's pain sensation in VR and even a sense of reality and urgency. The only difference is it isn't actually happening. That's the way they want you to think, to remove you from the fear that goes with battle situations. 
War is a video game. What better way to raise the ultimate soldier? Hmm. Yeah. He's not a fan. Uh, yeah. So you're all a victim a, of that's, mind that's control. A, a Play America's on, Army now. On, no, I was going to say it's a comment on America's Army before <laughs> that happened. And well, it's also Call funny that this was built. It came out after, but it was built before 9/11 yeah. too. So it's an interesting. Yeah. And it came out just after. Yeah, yeah. It's set it, uh, largely in New York. Well, because the end of the game was supposed to be crashing the tanker in New York City, and they mm-hmm. kind of had to cut around that. Even yeah. Though like, yeah, you're just on the tanker. Uh, I wish the, now they the just... Spider-Man treatment. Yeah, I wish now they'd just put that back and be like, look, you mm-hmm. you can see this now. You've you've watched entire films about <laughs> 9-11. You're cool with it. Like, Transformers is just not... Transformers 3 is 9-11 the movie. But, uh, oh, but... Yeah, that it's also to think, 15 years ago when this came out, Hideo was sick of it then. And yeah. he's still like, I don't want to make yeah. any more sequels. Stop making me do this. And then I guess after that, you can yeah, see four how his, sequels later. his insanity turned inward. He's like, I'll never be free of this. So I'll have to build a different weird world. Oh, and the, yeah. this was the, I think maybe this was also his thing of like, can I go far enough to get fired or will they just take me off this? And, <laughs> and this was also the first time he created the meta commentary in the game of passing the torch. I've created this new guy. Uh-huh. If Kojima snake, which I think he always saw himself as he created the new guy, Raiden. So I'll just pass this off to him here. Raiden, this is your bird now, not mine. Bye. <laughs> and then, but then they're like, no, you have to make another one. Yeah. Fuck man. And that's, and then but also, I've already covered Gene and Meme. What else is left? <laughs> well, also in 4, it was kind of an F you. He's just like, oh, fine. You want Solid Snake back? He's an old man, and, he, yeah. and I'm going to kill him. They and, won't let me kill you're gonna, him. And you're going to look at his butt the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, oh, also, though, the other comment, meta commentary in the game is that, like, Hideo Kojima really liked Titanic. That's another mm-hmm. one. That uh, Jack and Rose, mm-hmm. all, the, all that stuff. And... I wonder if it was if it was supposed to make you feel weird all the bits of nudity by by Jack and having him naked yeah. a lot, or well, if it the, was, the thing is or the, if it was supposed to appeal to women, was it meant to be sexual, or was the his him being sexualized a joke? I don't know. It's just so goofy. Him running around with yeah. with his hands over his junk and yeah. doing cartwheels. Not only it, that, but that sequence has like the biggest mindfuck portions of the game. Is that where Hideo is? The Hideo screen? No, you, you're thinking that that was Metal Gear Solid 1. You're thinking of Fish and Mailed. Oh, yeah. Which Fish comes mailed, later. Yeah, yeah. But no, when you're running around naked <laughs> is when your handlers start to go berserk. Uh. Raiden, turn the game console off right now. What did you say? The mission is a failure. Cut the power right now. Like What's wrong lately? with you? Don't worry. It's a game. It's a game, just like usual. You'll ruin your eyes playing so close to the TV. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and also this. Infiltrate the enemy fortress, outer heaven. Destroy the final weapon, Metal Gear. Which is the, <laughs> the opening instructions in the first Metal Gear. I love that. I, I did love that stuff. I, but also that they... He works so hard to trick you. They made mm. fake trailers and put Snake in yeah. situations where oh, yeah. Braden was in it. They put out that demo. Which is that, like 75% of what you play. Yeah, right. and that it was just, the message of that too was, we could make the yeah. Snake game you want. Here it is. We're not going to, though. <laughs> we could easily make this the whole game, but fuck you. 
Uh, one of my favorite memories as a games journalist was getting to do a trip that Dave didn't get to take. I got to take his trip and go to uh, go to Platinum's offices in Osaka to interview the developer, the, like the director and producer on uh, Revengeance. And it was so cool. And I got to ask, I got two questions. No, oh, nice. But I got to ask the director what he, when he was playing the games, what he thought of the Raiden reveal. And he's having to answer that sitting next to the mega Metal Gear producer. It's not Kojima. He's too important for that day. But mm-hmm. the, the big Metal Gear producer there was just like, when I asked that question, the Metal Gear producer goes, <laughs> and the, the director replies, I'm paraphrasing, and he says like that he played it when he was in college, and he definitely went like, what is this? <laughs> but I, but then he goes. But I finished the game and it was good, and yeah. I liked Raiden. And now I'm happy to make his next game. I like Raiden after four. I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people that, are in the same boat. That's one of gaming's greatest miracles that uh, they turned yeah. Raiden into a badass. Well, I think that's how he became a badass too. Just goes back to the meta commentary. Kojima made him a badass backwards because he's like, okay, badass. so I made you hate this guy the most you could, and you all make fun of him. Now I now it is my mission to make him the coolest guy in this game. Mm-hmm. Easily the coolest guy in this game. And now you'll love him. The guy that you said you hated. That's how I control you idiots. Yeah. Even, I can make you like He'll him. be even cooler than Johnny Sasaki, the soldier who shits his pants. Who is <laughs> who uh, pretty spoil- cool. He was spoiled. Yeah. Spoiler, he is the bravest person in that entire game. Yes. The mm-hmm. only one that's not like shot up with uh, whatever steroids. I forget what they call it exactly. Nanomachines. The nanomachines, yeah. Yeah. Son. But there there was one thing that uh, this talked about, uh, however briefly, which was that Raiden, like, he'd spent all this time in VR, mm. and so he had sort of, like, this feeling of detachment from the real world, and that was something, like, this came along, like, as I was beginning as an adult right out of college and playing a ton of video games because, like, I don't really know anybody in this crappy little town where my job is, mm. and uh, so... Yeah, I was starting to feel really detached from reality myself. And so, like, hearing that spit back to me in a game kind of resonated at the time. Like, mm. oh, okay, so I'm what I'm doing is really unhealthy, and I should <laughs> find another way to spend my time sometimes. Man, could you imagine being a reviewer back then and getting that game? But you, you're probably told by your Konami embargo, don't mention right. And, like, how could you yeah. even review that? Well, you I, I think I did write a review after it came out. Yeah. And I, did, I still didn't talk about it Not because really. I think I, I talked about a major twist, but it felt like it was a major spoiler it's kind of to a tell weird, readers yeah. about it at the time. Like, yeah. this is a huge thing and you really need to find it out for yourself. So I'm going to write around it. But it's also something that could ruin the game for a lot of people who'd want. If you're, give, if you're, if you're coming at it from the consumer review standpoint... Mm-hmm. Then you're telling people you bought a Honda, but you got a Chevrolet. Or yeah, but it's, that, it's that, ultimately that down work. to like, what did you think of the twist? Did, did playing as Raiden ruin the game for you, or did mm. you still like the story and the I action th- in spite of him? I still think it's like, as far as pure Metal Gear Solid goes, it's like the the bosses aren't as good as three, no but way. the stealth is the best that Metal Gear Stealth ever was because it was like mm. it was. Still mostly grid based. Mm-hmm. You could still kind. You still almost always knew what a soldier would do and how, where they were looking. That's because true. then three, the there's all that really convoluted uh, uh, echolocation. Man. Yeah, oh, and yeah. All, all the uh, the camouflage. 
And because you don't have that specific radar, it's not. I don't know. I, for for me too is just. I that that was how I, just in terms of it being almost kind of like a puzzle game too, and yeah. I I loved uh, the whole um, dog tag collection mm-hmm. because <laughs> I, I be, be, like one didn't really it didn't um, it didn't give you much for being a stealthy player. This game did because you were holding everybody up, and yeah. then it, like finally five you can airlift people. So mm-hmm. like I yeah I just felt like the series should have. Uh, giving you more for being stealthy. Interesting you mentioned the dog tags because I was I was reading something about the ending that uh, had an interpretation where uh, at the beginning of the game you put your name in and then at the end of the game Raiden is wearing dog tags and he tears them off and holds them up to the camera and it's got your name on them and oh, he yeah. throws them away and like that could be read, the thing I was reading was saying that could be read as him rejecting control mm. and it's like yeah you've been running the show up until now now i'm gonna be my own person and i'm not gonna suck because you made me suck <laughs> all those dog tags were like some rando fan club which i wish i was in yeah, yeah. you made me suck because i'm a i'm a reflection of you <laughs> a wuss who plays video games I mean, yeah, that's an even more interesting subversion of the idea of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of them talking to Snake and the player at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, or talking to Raiden and the player at the same time. That, like, yeah, it's like, and you put your name in, and like, I reject your identity in this world. You can you can no longer yeah. be a part of this world. The nope. game's over. Yep. Fuck you. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Uh, enjoy playing as mustachioed old man Snake. <laughs> oh my God, we're only on number three. Got a lot to say. So that's Undertale. Then. That's Undertale. Ah. Who's played this? Is it just me, not Tyler? I. Yeah, yeah. Spoil it for me. I'm not. I don't mind. So okay. Undertale is like with these. Uh, anytime you have like a weird self-referential game where it pulls tricks on you, the thing everyone says is, "Oh, I don't want to tell you too much." So uh-huh. I guess skip this whole thing if you don't want to know anything yeah, about if Undertale. If you don't want to know anything about Undertale, if you haven't played and you're planning to It'll skip. take you like three, four hours. Yeah. So skip ahead to... 40 minutes. All right, now that that's out of the way. So when I hear people say, oh, I don't want to tell you so much, there's a twist. Uh-huh. That I, nine, nine times out I'll of have ten, another spoiler warning before we get to the big twists. Nine times out of ten, I know it means, oh, I should mm. be doing the opposite of what I think I should be doing. And it's as simple as that in most things. It's that, not as simple as that tail. here. Okay. It, it's actually, like, it, it actually subverts that idea. Yeah. Oh, all right. In, in a lot of ways. Because, like, uh, like, that is true. Because you think, like, oh, I'm an RPG. I have combat. I have to kill everything. Mm-hmm. And the easy thing to think is, well, I'll just find a way not to kill everything. And then that's how I'll you know trick the game into giving me the good ending but i did yeah. that without doing certain other things and i didn't get the good ending i got mm-hmm. a really shitty ending that was just like oh all your friends are dead i guess everything sucks for you yeah, maybe you, you should play again you killed toriel yeah yeah and then you tried to redo it and here's where some of the meta commentary comes in and that lots of people have accidentally killed the first boss toriel who spends the early parts of the game being really nice being super nice <laughs> and literally hand-holding you through puzzles and death traps and then she wants to stop you from going on ahead into the larger underground and you, you think like oh okay well uh, sh- her her spare button isn't lit up so I'll just fight her uh, until 
she gets to the point where she lets me spare her. But then in a shocking twist, once you get her health down like to halfway, if you hit her again, you will kill her. Yeah. And uh, the secret, of course, is just to hit spare over and over and over again until she finally you just, you accepts have to, you. You have to frustrate her into, yeah, into, into giving, up giving up and letting you go on. But if you don't realize that you can do that because you're not... You're, yeah. not, you're not trying so, anything. I killed her. So you killed her, but then what happened immediately afterward? I immediately quit the game, uh-huh. reloaded the game, right. went back from my save point, uh-huh. and went back up tutorial and went like, this time I'll, I'll figure out how to do it right. And the first thing she says is like, it seems like we've been here before. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. You can't fucking do that to me. Like, my save was before I fought her. But then? Uh... Well, I spared her and uh-huh. and went on. I, I don't know what else you're thinking. Uh, of, but... Who showed up to talk to you afterwards? Oh, right. F- well, Flowey shows uh-huh. up, who's kind of the main recurring villain of the game, and he basically says, like, "Oh, yeah, save. Oh, yeah, saving. I know all about that." Like, basically, I'm paraphrasing yeah. what he says. He's saying he... you killed her, and then you went back to undo it. Yeah, I I can do that too. But uh, you think you're the only one who knows about doing that? Yeah. And then basically. You don't really see him again for a long time, but now you know that there's this force in the game that's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You can't mess with this. So that was the first game that really heavily disrespected my save file. Wow. Where it's like where you make a save and you don't realize it's secretly saving all the time. Yep. And uh, and you can reload the game, but it's still going to kind of know what you did bef- XCOM before. XCOM should do that. Yeah. Be, like, mm-hmm. like uh the, everyone who you try to undo their deaths they're basically uh alien spies but that that doesn't quite qualify as meta commentary because it is fourth wall breaking and that the game knows it's a game and sure. it will prod you for using game like mechanics to try to get the best ending of the story but that's really that's what the what meta it, commentary is yeah yeah it's it's in it's in you want to get the best ending and you want to see everything and for that, the game will rake you over the fucking coals. Yeah. Because if you do everything you're supposed to and uh, get the very best ending where everyone's happy, the game kind of nudges you and says, like, yeah, you, you just ticked all the boxes off the list yeah. because you want you thought this was the best ending. But is it really the ending that you want? And wow. Yeah. As, as you go through it again and again, it's mm-hmm. basically like, do you really want to leave all these characters behind? Do you want to just everyone to be happy and then you can never come back because you've just accomplished everything? So Uh it's constantly pushing you to like, why do you engage with these characters? Why do you become a fan of an RPG? You know, like uh, it it talks a lot about, you know, well, it indirectly talks a lot about like Final Fantasy games and old ones. Uh But for me, it made me think of Mass Effect where it's just like, do you really just want to end this story? Don't you want to? Don't you want to be Shepard again? Don't you want mm-hmm. to go back? Like that's what it was saying to me, and I was like, ah, yeah, I do. But like, I feel done with that world, and it was kind of like challenging you to be done with it. Like, aren't you done with me now? Uh-huh. But the other possibility that it keeps dangling over your head is like, are you really doing this because you're a good person who wants these imaginary characters to be happy, uh-huh. or? Are you just trying to tick the boxes off? And get Are you trying to win? What you think is yeah. the best ending. Maybe you'd be happier being the bad guy and killing absolutely everything that moves. And that is the No Mercy mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going to get into spoiler territory. So if you haven't, uh, if we you, already have, but, but more spoilers. More spoiler double territory. Spoilers. This is yeah, double spoilers because this is what most people do last. Like after they've played through to the neutral ending once, after they've gotten the best ending. Like this is what you do when you you're ha- you haven't had enough, but you uh, want to see something different and. In fact, the No Mercy run, while the game actively discourages it and makes it really difficult and emotionally draining, like this is the only way you'll get like crucial elements of the plot and what's really going on. And uh, so here's where I have the next spoiler warning. Skip ahead to... 40 minutes. All right. The, the big thing that is, is really going on is that you're manipulating time, essentially, by saving and going back. And there's one character, there's, there's Flowey, who's aware of the save. There's another character who is he's, he's a complete nihilist who doesn't give a shit about anything. And the reason is that he's also aware of what you're doing. He just doesn't feel like doing anything about it because he knows you have the power to reset endlessly. No, nothing he does makes a difference. So if you kill everybody, he will come out of hiding and challenge you at the end. And I should really play another sound here because I haven't played any. So, final, final boss is Sans, the skeleton, who's your friend through the rest of the game, uh, through through every other run-through, and uh, he's sick of this, and even he knows that, like, this is pointless, but he's going to try to convince you anyway. And he says things like, I know why you're doing this, okay? You think just because you can do something that you have to, that because this path is available to you, you have to take it in order to see everything that the game has to offer. And he's absolutely right. You yeah. have to do it to know everything about the plot. And he's he's keeps trying to discourage you and says, like, uh, look, I'm telling you, there's nothing past here that you want to <laughs> see. I know you feel like you have yeah. to see everything, but you can stop here. It's like that. Uh, you can just you reset can and put things killing. back to normal. Yeah. It's like Grover's. There's a monster at the end of this book. The, the funniest yeah. thing. Yeah. Of, the funniest thing about this genocide run is because I I couldn't bring myself to do it. I started. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on YouTube. Yeah. And there, there's yeah. one. There's one line where it goes like. I know it's what you're talking about. I, I, I'm paraphrasing again, but it's like. Some people just won't have the guts to do it themselves. They're probably just watching you do it right now. Yeah. And like, wow. It, it acknowledges that like most people are going to watch it on YouTube and not actually mm. do it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is crazy. It's and like it's, that's like double meta. It's it's like <laughs> everything that the game does is like for me at least. Like wow, yeah, you fucking got me. I'm. You're absolutely right. I'm just doing this to see everything. I don't actually want to kill you all. I'm just doing it because it's available and. Again, he says, because you can do it, you think you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's true of a lot of games. It's like, well, yeah, how many times have you said, like, well, I have to do this and this and this, or else I won't 100% it. Or I want to see all the endings. Like, why do you want to do that? I mean, Is it for a sense of completion? So or I because you actually want to see the story take this direction? Yeah, ultimate secret shame is that when I, like, when I see kids in a game, I'm like... I wonder if you can kill the kids. Mm-hmm. I, bet, I bet you can't kill the kids. Most of them you can't. Let me see. Let me just see, though, mm. if you can. So I always try because I'm like, did they put that in? They, they probably didn't put mm. that in, right? But I always try, and it's like, yeah, that, that made me like acknowledge that I tried the weirdest, mm-hmm. worst things in games mm-hmm. just, to, just to see if they put that in there. Yeah. 
I feel like before we move on, we should leave with a parting shot from Sands. That's how it ends. Hand whoopee cushion. Uh, <laughs> That's how this segment ends. That's actually hit, hit your first meeting with Sam. Oh, okay. But uh, let's move on to... Number two. Gentlemen, welcome to Dubai. Yep. It's still dead. You know, you know what this mm-hmm. is. Troy Baker's trip to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, game, the special movie. Special operations, the line. Yes. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I prefer to use a formal name. Yeah. It seemed like an accident this game existed, or I don't know. Somebody Kinda. wasn't watching somebody else. Because it, mm. it doesn't feel like somebody like it doesn't feel like a game that would have been produced for yeah. tens of millions it, of dollars. It's yeah, it's a war shooter that is mostly single player if the uh, developers had their druthers. It mm-hmm. would have been only single player. Yeah. And it's about it's not celebrating war, it's kind of showing how fucked up yeah, it, well, it is, and that like if taken at face value, it fits in very nicely with the rest of the Spec Ops series, and that it's sort of a loserish down market military <laughs> sim that doesn't play as as well as a Call of Duty, and uh, it's it's like yeah, this is serviceable. It's like a solid seven or eight, but the story mm. is a huge commentary that attacks not just your approach to playing games. It attacks the notion that you're the hero. Mm-hmm. Which and and I mean it fucking viciously attacks it to the point where all of your actions have horrifying unintended results and like whether you wanted to be or not you are the bad guy here you are the destroyer that comes in and fucking wrecks everything but you don't really get that sense at first like you're you go into Dubai and you're confronted with all these. Uh, American soldiers who are suspicious of you because they've been like trapped for six months in this uh, sandstorm locked city with Marlon Brando. It's been yeah with, with Conrad, mm-hmm. who's essentially the Marlon Brando in this apocalypse now scenario, and you find yourself shooting at Americans who are shooting back at you who really want to kill you, and uh, it you still find a way to justify it. All right, we need to keep moving before more soldiers show up. You mean more American soldiers? Rogue soldiers. It's clear the 33rd is no longer acting as part of the U.S. Army. So what do we do? Well, if we're going to sort this out, we need to find John Conrad. How's that help? You just said the 33rd were rogue. Conrad wouldn't abandon his duty. The 33rd may be hostile, but I guarantee the colonel isn't part of it. How can you be sure? Because I know the man. Now get that open. Not a problem. There's, there's a lot of... Because I know. Because I said so. For example. This isn't just about finding Conrad anymore. It's about doing what's right. Also, I'm, I'm a fan of this. Reinforcements will be here any second. We need to keep moving. But Walker, you're, n- you're not even... I'm going to make these bastards pay for what they've done. Now, are you with me or not? For what they've done. So, in Nolan North games, that is... You know, North's most famous role in, in Uncharted. Mm-hmm. That's all the justification you need. Yeah, you don't that's even need. True. You're not even given that much. It's like, oh, these guys who in swarthier skin shot at me first, so I better choke them to death and snap their necks while they're not looking, and just throw them off a ravine because mm. it's self defense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because that's what the game is. And this uh, Spec Ops 
like the loading screens, I think, are some of the the key vectors for getting this commentary in, where it asks you things like, "Do you feel like a hero yet?" Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, and and then there's the 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 big turning point again. Spoilers if you haven't played Spec Ops yeah, or if you haven't paid attention to the game industry, which this was fucking spoiled in the previews. Mm-hmm. If if you read it, like this was in the demos that they gave. Um, there's a bit where you are fighting a huge crowd of soldiers and you're dramatically outgunned and your only choice, your only choice, other than turning the game off and doing something else with your life, <laughs> is to, yeah, you could walk away or you could use this white phosphorus that's sitting there that is a horrible, horrible substance that clings to human flesh and uh, just burns it away. It's uh, a, an agonizing way to die, and you unleash it on these soldiers, and you find out, oh, these soldiers were also sheltering a bunch of civilians, and you blame them for it. And, and this is the moment where the main character has a bit of a break from reality. This is your We need to keep moving. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, from this point, things get really fucking crazy where he finds a walkie-talkie and starts talking to Conrad. Conrad starts guiding him through all these weird, twisted uh, things like, I've hung up these men uh, by their, their wrists. Like, they're, they're looters and rapists and blah, blah, blah. It's up to you to pass judgment on them. And, and so whatever you decide to do, you move on and... Uh, Things get really strange and hallucinatory. And then, spoiler alert, the very end of the game, you find out uh, Conrad's been dead this whole time. Nobody was talking to you. Uh. You had a psychotic break when you killed all those people, and uh, everything you did after that point was basically completely unjustified. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There were some good sand textures. <laughs> Man, the, oh, yeah. The, the <laughs> we need to keep moving feels like such a, a damning uh, joke. There's on, a checkpoint ahead. On yeah. Call of Duty. Because like yeah, because Call of Duty is like something I always criticize. Everything I play on is that uh, no matter what you're doing, like oh, I'm gonna go behind here and get cover. Someone's always yelling at you. Go go go! Like, We're go, Oscar go. Mike. We gotta get. We gotta keep going. Stay frosty. Yeah, move forward. Move forward. <laughs> Ramirez, like, do everything. I'm, I'm like, really fuck like, you. Yeah. I was trying to look at a car or yeah. something. <laughs> I was trying to do anything other than what you told me. And it's, yeah. they always tell you what to do. I would like it. a war game to at just once be like one of the one of my teammates just be like. Do you want to sit down for a second and really just absorb <laughs> yeah. what just happened? Yeah. Uh, are, are you feeling bad about what you just did? I that mean, was, I know there were civilians in that building. They may mm-hmm. have died. Yeah, that was emotionally trying for yeah. anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, we just need to take a moment, yeah. talk it out. Look, yeah, the, Amer- the American military has a psychologist on staff. If you feel like you want to discharge, that's fine. <laughs> just... Uh, Stay frosty yeah. in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, don't stay frosty. I, I think no. one of my favorite parts of this game is it begins in Medias Res where you you and your soldiers are on this helicopter flying through the Dubai skyline and you're getting into gun battles with other helicopters and shooting them down. Mm. And uh, then, you know, the helicopter crashes at the end. But then when you get to that part in the game's story and you, you replay the sequence, it starts with... Uh, 
the main character is saying like, didn't we already do this? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that too. No, it was, it was weird there never got to be a sequel and the guys who made it were going to mm-hmm. make Dead Island 3 but aren't now, or Dead Island 2 yeah. uh, but now aren't and it seems uh. like it might be shut down. They're the Jorgensen games or something like that. Yeah. Jaeger. Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chuck Jaeger. Yeah. But with, they, without a, without yeah. any, they're making a spaceship game. Right I would now. ask if mm. they snuck any of that stuff into the multiplayer, but I don't think any of us played the multiplayer. Nobody played. I did. Really? Yeah. And all uh, thematically, it's completely divorced from the rest uh, of it. The idea is that, like, okay, what happened uh, to to fuck up these soldiers was that after they got trapped, there was like a schism between people who thought that they should leave and people who wanted to stay and help. And uh, so you're playing through this miniature civil war between these two uh-huh. groups of soldiers. Yeah. And uh, it, to, to its credit, it did do things like uh, find innovative use for sand, like, like the single-player game does, in that like, there, there are certain like windows and things that are barely holding back a bunch of sand, so if you, you catch a, another player near that, you can shoot it, bury them in sand, and get an easy kill. So they're like red barrels. But Sam, kind of, yeah. yeah. I just thought it was great they got Nolan North. Like, if you were, it, it, that just seems like average casting of like, yeah, let's get Nolan North to do it. It's Nolan North. He he, he stars in these types of games. But mm-hmm. instead, it was just like he's the guy you get to be your leading games. I don't think it was them. Yeah. But just based on how long it takes to develop something, I don't think it was a choice of like. It's not like as everybody knows Henry Fonda getting cast to be the villain in. Uh, 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 once upon a time in the in the West. Oh which, yeah, totally. yeah, I know that. No, yeah. Where's Diana here? To back <laughs> me up on this? I've seen part of that, but uh, yeah, Spec Ops Line got roundly praised and is still discussed even in podcasts mm-hmm. right now uh, <laughs> for for its yeah. bold storytelling. But only for the next two minutes or so. Hmm. Well, or or less, if unless no. you guys have anything else to say about this it. This is a really meta conversation I've been, on the podcast. <laughs> well, we've talked about it before. Cause I'm talk- criticizing the way you listen to podcasts. Because <laughs> I talked about the writer, Walt Walt Williams. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, had, I had somewhere to go with that, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe I just want to name drop Walt. Hmm. I think that's exactly what Double you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you had to drop all the names or you wouldn't get to say, to say everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to... This one will be so easy to guess. Juices. You know, this has been discussed openly so many times. I don't think it even There's counts as a spoiler no anymore. There's absolutely no spoiler warning for yeah. this. No way. <laughs> um, yeah, Bioshock. It's uh, I blame the rise of internet libertarians on this game, but uh, <laughs> no, not really. But well, we should build a city under the sea. Andrew Ryan was right. Yeah. He's uh, well. Also, SpongeBob. <laughs> well, that scene with Andrew Ryan, like, it does make him the more. It gives him the ethical high ground in the game, even yeah. though he is an absolute monster who murders everyone. And like you just walk by, they people kind of forget that if you're trying to make a hero out of out of Andrew Ryan. They're like you remember when you walk by all the people he murdered, and he just has their carcasses up on the wall and says, "These are my enemies." Like that's a bad guy. You don't want to be that guy. That's wrong. But uh, meanwhile, the comment is that 
this nice guy who's obviously the person you talk to on a walkie-talkie the entire time in uh-huh. any video game who mm. keeps giving you objectives and tells you what to do and you keep doing it because it's a video game Be- because what else are you going to do it's mm-hmm. a video game and you do what you're asked to mm-hmm. because obviously you're supposed to do this cuz they told you to yeah and and you never question it and and that has been uh, something that has been visited by another couple games that I want to talk about. Well, a bunch of other games. It's almost a, a, a games, huge yeah. trope at this point. Yeah, uh, it wasn't when Partially Bioshock. Thanks to this. Yeah, it wasn't when Bioshock came out, but we've seen before this Shadow of the Colossus explored very similar themes. Hotline yeah. Miami, mm-hmm. uh, other amazing games that both kind of uh, kind of look at you as scans. They're like, mm. are you sure you're really doing the right thing? Some, some, Why is that? Because someone told you to. You just assume you're the yeah. good guy in this thing and that you're starring in a Bruce Willis See, I'm movie. Surprised. You're only following orders. I'm surprised this is first and not the Stanley parable, which is a total... Uh, like, yeah. Which which brings it all the way back around to like also good. you don't We're have to do what the narrator hipsters, says. <laughs> yeah, well, in in a way, they both are making the same point. Mm. That, as did Portal too, Portal it, as well. Yeah, well, but Stanley Parable is giving is kind of a more flexible example in that yeah, um, you don't have to do what the narrator says. You yeah, can, you can just do whatever. But well, yes and no. Yeah, but Bioshock is saying that in a, essentially in a video game, you have no choice. Uh, you have the illusion of choice, and they bake that into the narrative with this clever phrase. Would you kindly? Powerful phrase. Familiar phrase. Would you kindly? Would you kindly get this? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find Would you kindly get this? Would you kindly head to Ryan's office and kill the son of a bitch? So when you hear would you kindly in Bioshock, you essentially have no choice. You are just compelled to do whatever that person asks. Mm-hmm. And But in, in essence, it's just saying like, look, this is a, a linear track. You have barely any choice here. You, you're just following the story to its end. Uh, the story that the uh, the writer has laid out in advance that you have no real control over. Stanley Parable, by contrast, is giving you a very big illusion of freedom. But in the end, everything you do has also been preordained. You cannot yeah. go off the rails because it's all been accounted for. There's, there's more dialogue mm-hmm. uh, that will trigger when you mm-hmm. when you even when you disobey the dialogue before that. Yes. So it's yeah. Eventually, you get to a museum about the design of the game, which is funny because yeah, that's that's preordained as well. That's one possibility. You can also yeah. get to, for example, a uh, the prototype for their next game, which is like. Uh, this big cardboard cut out of a baby pops up. It's like, hit the button to save the baby! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is Bioshock. Which yeah, kind of. And even though I didn't love it, the uh, I didn't really love it, but the Beginner's Guide is probably the most like direct commentary on game really? design. Um, Haven't played done. it yet. Uh, it's, it's just very open about what it is. It is a commentary on the creative mind and the creative process. Ah. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's presented in a way that it's... Uh, um, the creator uh, Davy Redden, who who designed the Stanley Pay. Davy Redden, yeah, yeah. Davy Redden, yeah. yeah. Red- so meta. <laughs> it's actually I made games that I didn't even know he made. It's wow, re- it's Redden, W R E D E N. But it, it's him like narrating uh, some games from supposedly like from his friend who made them some experiments and talking about why he think he made them. But then over you know over the course of it, obviously there's a twist where he's like. Maybe I shouldn't have been showing people these games, or I was trying to 
find meaning in them where there wasn't or but it's interesting hmm. I, I didn't love it well part of the reason this is number one that bioshock is number one is that uh in you know aside from being huge and in enormously influential uh it carried that weird theme of uh fatalism over to its real sequel heads or tails come on let me through heads or tails Heads. Told you. Hmm. I never find that as satisfying as I'd imagined. You know, there's always next time. I suppose there is. And as he turns around, you see that all the heads marks on his board are uh, continued on the back. It's always heads. Yeah, it's yeah. always heads because you know why? It's always scripted. It's always written that way. And the game gives you, again, the illusion of choice with these binary choices that don't really affect anything. Ultimately, you're still playing through the same story. You'll get the same ending. You'll kill the same people. Well, that, I mean, that was the Mm. biggest. Honestly, after the revelation in Bioshock the first, everything's kind of downhill from there. They're just like, uh, the the doctor saves you and says, okay, now would you kindly work on you anymore? Though I'm giving you orders now and you have to fix uh-huh. these eight things and then you'll have a boss fight. And it's kind of weak. Kind of weak after all that yeah. stuff, honestly. But then, meanwhile, Bioshock Infinite, they dump all that. They're like, there's only one ending to this. You'll only get the one ending and you're on a singular path. But Bioshock is Infinite is such a muddled game when you look mm. at it. Like It starts off with this whole commentary on racism and American purity oh, and all this. Like It just fucking drops it. They're like Halfway through, like... We're not interested in that anymore. Yeah, the Asians or whatever and black people, but we're just going over here now. Really? Okay. Well, you can never got, throw the baseball we got, we got or whatever that it was. Multiple universes yeah. to deal with. Yeah. It, it's, it feels like a lot of games going like, ha, games have been bullshitting you for forever. Yeah. Yeah, we've just been fucking with you. Basically. Yeah. And and now then, we're going to point that out to you in a game to further bullshit you. To, <laughs> to be honest, by the end of it, it just felt like Ken Levine saying, like, I'm tired of games. I don't want to make them. There's always there's always a lighthouse. I could make it dozens of these. It'll yeah. always be the same. There'll always be a Bowser in the castle. And I could do them. But I don't want to. Quit making me. Except <laughs> Drown me and kill me so I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> That's what he was saying. Except now he's making a new game. Yeah. Yeah. But also we sold you a season pass. So uh, yeah. you get that. Well, but ultimately this is all I know how to do and I have to earn a living. So. Exactly. No, And I think honestly like the, the behind the scenes story on Bioshock Infinite not unlike Infinite Worlds, it sounded like it just grew too big. And it was made by a guy who had a million ideas who mm-hmm. couldn't pick one. And it was just like, let's do them all. I can do whatever I want. And this, these are all my assumptions. Mm-hmm. But then they have to hire Rod Ferguson because he actually finishes games hmm. to just come in and say, no, cut that, cut that, cut that. This is shipping in a year. We're fucking doing this. Shut up, yeah, that was that was, uh, that was one of those games that had a big like E3 teaser that, like, None of that was in the oh, game. Oh, yeah, the horse. It was a fucking lie, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was the Colonial Marines before Colonial yeah. Marines. But, I mean, I remember when it won all those Game of the Year awards, or E3 Game of the Year awards, uh, two years before it came out. To prove it was playable, they would hand the controller to one person from the outlet and be like, step, step, step. Okay, take your hand off it right now. But that proved you could play it. it well, we're not showing you a video, but if you take a real one step game. off this primrose path, this this game will collapse all around you. <laughs> and yeah, it's just sorry. I've, I've kind of turned on Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> I, I haven't turned on it as much because I remember there was a period where everyone was like, 
that was amazing. Oh my god. And then there was mm-hmm. like a, a sort of coming down period where we were like, uh, that wasn't that amazing. Yeah. I mean, wait, what, why did we all think this was the best? Yeah. Because it was like, like right after you watch Primer, you're like, oh, that was fucking twisted and crazy. And the more you think about it, you're like, eh, that's just a weird ass movie. I don't know. It's yeah. like fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. but Not you still that like it. boss fight where they're just like, oh, we made this big bird character. Shit, he has to be in the end of it. But yeah. You're not going to fight him. Okay, he'll just be like this bomb that drops in the middle of his fight. Well, what is his fight? His fight, 30 waves of dudes, and then it's over. Cool. Yeah. What so a I, great like, ending. Like, like, I, I had to, like, I did struggle through that to beat the game. Really enjoyed the crazy, like, whoa, multiple paths, all these lighthouse ending. Like, loved it. And then, like, yeah, it was one of those things where the more I thought about it after playing it, the more I was like, ah, I don't know. That, was, that wasn't actually that great. Like, a lot of the fights were just a slog and like hmm. tiresome yeah. well the the action wasn't really that great I've, I felt like it was a step back for Bioshock and I, like I reviewed it for yeah. OXM yeah because uh, like the first two Bioshock games gave you all these like weird creative weapons and this is just like here's your submachine gun here's your pistol or you can swap out that pistol for a shotgun yeah. if you want well they bet a lot on that roller coaster aspect of it they really didn't yeah. pay off and same when you're like chasing a witch ghost around like mm-hmm. I have to kill this its soul six times oh, that, that was just sucks. such oh, fucking man, filler that was awful yeah but and, yeah but, it had but, a little moment. It, but the roller thing. coasters are a potent metaphor because they only go one way yeah. no it no you you're locked directions. in yeah that's no true. it yeah. is it is full of metaphors no uh, there's a million of them and, and that's also why there's so many great moments in it that I think once you beat it you're only remembering the second you beat it you're like mm-hmm. oh I remember this cool part where he plays a guitar. Or I remember oh, yeah, in school, that was cool. like, I was given eight memories. Like, you were given, I think, too, they get you at the end of, like, here are 17 twists in a row. Oh, like, mm-hmm. here's, oh, these guys were this, and you've died this many times, and this is just you from all these dimensions, and this was her, and that's how she lost her finger, and this, and this, and this. And <laughs> until you're just like, all right, I give up. It's, it's a lot of twists. It's great. Hey, like, remember when that barbershop quartet sang, uh, <laughs> Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Wasn't yeah. that great? <laughs> or that was that was on the radio? No, it was uh, they did, God they Only did, Knows. Yeah, but there was, I think. Uh, no, there's also those little radios. To... There's that's radios. What I, I love find. the use of the music, like the soundtrack, and yeah. that's amazing. Oh, and yeah, they were yeah, meta yeah. commentaries too. The what would I? God only knows what yeah. I'd be without you, which is the statement about uh, Twister, whatever the fuck his name is, the main character's name, Booker. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. bo- what Booker's life? This is Booker's life without her. He didn't have his mm-hmm. daughter, and he's fucked up. That's true. Like this, so there's a ton of meta commentary on it. I just think that like. They couldn't choose one, and by the end, it was just Ken Levine saying, "I don't want to make games anymore." But the entry Please here stop. is Bioshock One, and when Bioshock One at the end went, "Isn't it fucked up that you just did everything that guy said?" That was pretty novel to me. Like, yeah, totally. I was like, "Oh, really? Yeah, I guess I just do whatever I'm supposed to in video games, which is usually just like kill all the people." And I don't think I could take the immense pressure of being Ken Levine for those six years in between oh, Bioshock God, no. and Infinite of just having million interviews with dweebs like me yeah. telling him you're the greatest genius in gaming tell us what your next game will be you're because it must be why don't you make better games heaven. yeah it must be manna from heaven whenever your next game will be uh-huh. and i know pr people have guns to your head that tell you not to say what it's going to be but can you just say what it is yeah. it, it would help my interview like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so are we going to see any big twists in this game uh can yeah. you spoil so them for me the twi- <laughs> and that must suck for him too the yeah. like you can only twist people once. Like, that's what sucked yeah. for Shyamalan. Like, uh-huh. for example, I might Shyamalan. 
oh, everybody expects the twist now. And when he does it again and say the village, yeah. everybody's like, God, that's the worst twist yeah. ever. You're a hack. And it, that's, that's, kind of, that's, that's not why his movies are garbage. You. Yeah, yeah, that's not the entirely why. <laughs> Although I do feel yeah. like Levine felt like he had to go so much further in Infinite and like, okay, instead of just like, you've been tripped by this guy, now there are a billion different universes and <laughs> da da da. Like he had to take it to the extreme. Yeah. To, make to it. the extreme. And it was you all along. You were the, you no, were every, the bed. Yeah, you were actually true. every character in this game and the player. <laughs> Look in a mirror. Oh my God, you're Booker now. You're <laughs> everyone you shot. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's actually hired people while you're playing to sneak in and put makeup on you yeah. so that you look like Booker. And it's actually, that that was the most intense part for me. Also, the Lutest <laughs> twins were fun, but they also, yeah. they wore on me just as like, you're you're simply the Cheshire Cat. You're Disney's, yeah. oh, you're yeah. Disney's version of the Cheshire yeah, Cat. They're very but Cheshire they're, they're Ken Levine's way of uh, sort of lampshading this whole thing that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, everything is set in stone. Yeah. Everything will move. And they comment on, like, this is going exactly the way it always goes. This sucks. Mm-hmm. I did my favorite bit. This was game has like, very little replay value. The when they're saying say. to them, like, oh, what necklace will you put on her? And they're basically saying, it doesn't matter. Cosmetically, sure, she'll mm-hmm. be wearing a different mm-hmm. necklace for the next few hours. But it honestly, is meaningless. Like, we, we yep. can put whatever one we want on you. Bird mm-hmm. or cage. Mm-hmm. Whatever you feel like. There it is. <laughs> doesn't matter. Whoa, man. All right. We've Nothing probably, matters. We've been getting philosophical for long enough. Yeah. So we should probably move on to uh, the second segment. First, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. The full moon is rising over dark waters And the pools below are picking up sticks And a man in the gallows like permanently waiting For the doctor to come back at 10 a.m. A flatter society is being here today Seeing happy little eyes On a bright ship command us sailing far away Hey Raccoon, it's Michael. I need you to record a bumper for the podcast so that the listeners know how to support the show. Would you kindly tell the listeners how they can support Video Game Apocalypse so that you're the one taking up their time and you become a figure of hate and not me? Well, sure. I mean, that's what I do every week, and this is what you say every week. I don't really understand why, but hey, everybody, I'm the raccoon that lives under Chris's porch, and I am, of course, here to tell you how to support Video Game Apocalypse, the podcast to which you are now listening. See my scintillating grammar. Isn't it wonderful? There are a bunch of ways you can do this. First and foremost, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave it five-star reviews. Tell the world how much you like it. Say, I am but a helpless cat's paw, trapped in a narrative crafted by gods that I can neither see nor understand. Please help me by downloading this wonderful podcast, Video Game Apocalypse, five stars. This is the best show ever. See, real simple. Um, it's not like you're putting your reputation on the line or anything. Also, speaking of reputations, you might have noticed a bunch of Amazon links down the right side of lasertimepodcast.com, the site that hosts this podcast. Click on them, and, uh, you know, even if you don't like the thing that you clicked on, you can search for something else and buy it, and then uh, we'll get a cut of whatever you spend, and you spend nothing extra, and uh, Amazon eats the cost. Basically, yeah, it's great. But, oh, hold on, I'm getting, I'm getting a call. Raccoon, what are you doing? Amazon supports millions of Bolivian farmers. Who, who have orphans that need to be fed on pure cocaine and you're destroying everything. Why are you the bad guy now? I, I'm just following orders, man. Like, the, the orders that you set out for me. And What the fuck? 
fuck are you even talking about? This is all bullshit. Let's move on. If Amazon isn't for you, and you're like, well, you know what? I want to give money directly to the host and not buy a thing that's just going to clutter up my shelves eventually, uh, forcing me to take stock of what I've surrounded myself with, and do I really want all these goo on my shelves, or am I just doing this for completion's sake? You can go to patreon.com slash lasertime and give directly to the hosts there. Just a few bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can spare. If you can spare enough, you'll get access to the first season of Talking Simpsons, secret stuff like Google Hangouts with the hosts. Yeah, there's like a whole undiscovered world. And those of you who are true completionists will definitely want to see it for yourselves. Finally, you can tell a friend. Just go up and say, Hey friend, would you kindly listen to this show called Video Game Apocalypse? It's about video games, and really, that's all you need to know, because you will be compelled at this point to go and seek it out, and download it, and listen to it, and add to their growing number of listeners, and then we can get together afterwards and uh, discuss it. And then you can be like, you know what, I liked it, okay, but that raccoon was kind of annoying. And you're like, yeah, I know, right? I keep telling the hosts, stop doing the raccoon shit, and they're like... They just ignore me, and they keep doing the raccoon. I don't understand why this is still happening. Wow, I just really bummed myself out. You guys are mean. You guys are really mean. I, I uh, yeah, whatever. Finally, follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and talk to the hosts and join the forums. Comment on the articles at VGGameApocalypse.com. Join the forums at LazerTimePodcast.com. Join the discussion. Create a discussion. Talk about how much the show sucks. Who cares? Now, as for the rest of the show, Michael, would you kindly continue? I guess I don't have much of a choice. And welcome back. To our lovely and exciting and popping and uh, superlative second segment. Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop! pop, pop. How's that for an old reference? That's I did, like... I did it all wrong. I don't know the last episode is. of Community six years ago. I said it three times like, cool, 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 because uh, oh, okay. I was very confused. Uh, it was less than a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Damn. The, the, the Yahoo uh, season, which uh, probably like helped to bankrupt Yahoo. Yep, <laughs> cost them $500 million. <laughs> no today. one watched it. This is, however, not the community <laughs> segment. Okay. It is... Uh, we actually have a bunch of new releases this Finally. week. Finally. I want to talk about first first one that uh, I did not get to last week because it wasn't on the list I was looking at, but I played through it over the weekend. I think it's great. Uh, the Aquatic Adventure of the Last Human, which huh. is a game maker made uh, Metroidvania. Oh, where and And it's, uh, it's been kind of compared to Shadow of the Colossus and that there aren't really many enemies. Uh, you just are there seeing enemies? Yes, actually, mm. giant ones. But come uh... on, Dave! You didn't <laughs> oh, sorry. Give me that. I see. He said, "Are there?" He said, "There are many enemies." And I said, "Are there seeing enemies?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An enemy is like. But you you are uh, roaming around this huge world in a submarine, uh, 2D, and uh, finding these gigantic bosses to fight. Mm. And a lot of them, the encounters are really creepy and memorable. There's this one area where. Like, it's just, like, lit by a single lighthouse that kind of goes on and off with this fading light. And you're fighting a huge cluster of sharks called the Chain Gang, which are a bunch of, like, already gigantic 60-meter sharks. So they're they're the size of your submarine. And then you're also fighting uh, this 
massive, like, Jaws from NES screen-filling shark that has two huge aquatic mines that it drags behind it with a chain. And you have to get it to run into its own mines and blow its own face off, which is really kind of cool. Um... But if you enjoy Metroidvanias and you don't mind the fact that it doesn't have a map you can access at any time and mm. see where you are, uh, it's it's really great. Um, you know, it's it's very old school in its difficulty. You will be frustrated at first. I've seen people insist that the first boss is not beatable with the stuff that you're given, even though I know for a fact that it is. Um, so, yeah, if you're in for a challenge and you like the idea of, I'm going to tool around a... A planet where mankind is extinct by rising tides uh, in a submarine. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it's it's set far in the future. Like you are the last human. Is this what's this on? PC, PC, oh, and Mac. It might come to consoles later if it's I successful. Think so. We'll see. But definitely cool. worth playing. And uh, you you kind of need uh, a mouse to target with the the harpoon the way it is now. Um, that's your submarine's main weapon. But, of course, the main event this week is Jonathan Blows the Witness. Rip off. No. <laughs> $40 for a game? Bleh, no way. The Witmist. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite review ever, I haven't played it and don't intend to pay $40 for it. But uh, uh, The Pizza Gamer review, which Henry loved and mm. thought was great. No, Did he? Uh, yeah. No, the, sorry. The only... The only review I've really read of it, other than just looking at the scores and reading the summations at the end, was the Zam review by um, uh, a friend of, well, friend of me. Mm-hmm. She's never been on this show. Danielle Riendo. She's a reviews editor there. Mm-hmm. And the person who reviewed it, they, they the video review of theirs was great because I clicked on it and wanted to watch it because it said, if this game, the, the preview words were, if this game were a person, I'd punch it in its smug face. Wow. And that it's just that it it, it they're, they're like their flashes of brilliance. It's amazing in, in parts, but it also just seems so damn proud of itself for being so brilliant, hmm. and it thinks it's so great. So that, it's basically yeah. me, the game, <laughs> exactly, just <laughs> as full of itself as you. Now that's uh, a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's kind of what has turned me off to it. And that joke earlier that our friend Caleb had about yeah, it's just a bunch of little puzzle shit and it's you have to go back it's just a lot of walking around and puzzling it sounds like and very sniffing its own farts Hmm. I'm not into I wasn't going to be into this when it came out and then when the reviews told me to it's like a lot of spatial reasoning stuff which honestly is a I have issues with that in games sometimes and they really only make me frustrated and angry Hmm. like I'm just not well, all I, good. All I've done so far is uh, trace lines across uh, boards with mm. where a bunch of lines can be drawn. Well, it's also not my job to play every game anymore for Game of the Year stuff. Mm. So. I think, I, I think I I'm going to play it. Like, I, I like that kind of puzzle because I, I played like some of them and watched some of them be played and kind of mm. helped. And it was It's actually a fun over-the-shoulder game because what yeah. happens is you get a progression of puzzles. The first one is really easy. You can kind of do it by accident. The second one gets a little more complex. By the third or fourth one, you need to start. You need to start figuring out what the rules are here. But it doesn't tell you what the rules are. You just kind of figure it out through that progression. So huh. it might be like uh, there are white dots and black dots, and this is an actual example mm-hmm. of a, an early puzzle. And it's like you need to draw a line that. Uh, 
Well, this makes it sound racial, but you need yeah. to, you need to draw a line that segregates the white dogs oh, from yeah, the yeah. black dogs. I remember think, like playing that and thinking but, like this is pretty racist. Yes, yeah. but the first one there's only two dots, mm-hmm. so it's like you can just draw kind of any line and you go, oh, I solved it. But by the last one, you need to have figured out the rules it's working against because it gets mm-hmm. more complex, and you have to like find the one path that like blocks all these white dots mm-hmm. off from the black dots. Which, uh, yeah, weird example now that yeah. I think about it, because you're, yeah. But, I mean, uh, well, black like, dots matter. Yeah, yeah, huh. I agree. I mean, that could be a meta commentary there, too, that'll come up later in the game. Maybe. The, but the, I, I like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, just kind of idly moving a line around, and oh, I solved it, and then, and then like slowly figuring out what it's trying to get me to do. I don't know. I love that kind of thing. That kind of thing, like, gets me... Uh, I mentioned earlier that iOS game slash PC game line, where it's you have to like draw a line that goes through all these different points and like meet certain expectations of like mm-hmm. going through hubs and filling them up like you have to go through the same hub four times. Right. I love that because it's like that kind of visual problem solving where you can kind of just experiment and mess around with it until you kind of figure out oh, oh that's that's what it is and you draw the correct the only one correct line that could work. I don't know. I I really feed off of that kind of yeah. puzzle solving. Like, I I like that feeling a lot. I like that feeling a lot. I just feel like I don't think I could take the frustration until I got to that point. Yeah, I don't know. but it is really beautiful the witness. Like when you just watching someone wander around in it, I was like, wow. so if you're a witness to someone playing the witness, yeah, yeah, I was witnessing someone playing it earlier today, and I was like, wow, it's a really beautiful game. It looks really good. As you solve puzzles, do you fill a pee jug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I think it might be fun, and it doesn't seem like it has the same like. What if the princess didn't even like you though? Kind mm-hmm. of like thing. It, you I never know see... by the yeah. end though. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, know. What if the princess shoves you into the friend zone? I do see it's one of those games where critic reviews. Or I'm just looking at your the year on the GameSpot uh-huh. page where it's like uh, critic review nine. Uh, user review one. <laughs> I tend to go for those games because it's like at least yeah. this is a game that's trying something different and it's really upsetting a yeah. lot of people. The who... plebs. Yeah. Right well, there. no, but like well, the, the way kind... you should read it is smart person review nine, the... dumb person review. No, one. but it's the kind yeah, of game I'm where people are so outraged that they feel like they have to write user reviews, mm-hmm. even though they made. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you when you see that critic review nine, uh, user review one, it's like the. Now you have a reason to play the game because, yeah, because uh, like someone found it incredibly interesting, and a lot of people f- were so mad at it for yeah. some reason that they felt they had to like destroy its user yeah. rating. So it's like there's even if it's not good, there's something interesting yeah. here that's like pissing people off and making some people excited. Yeah. When it's just like Halo, and it's like. Well, yeah. you gave it an eight point five, but you should have given it a nine. And th- I'm like, I don't give a shit because yeah. like there's. Yeah. I had just played, I mean, this is old as dirt, but I, I just played Gone Home, and that's another game that has that, that big that, that big, yeah. that big gap, and it's like, I loved playing this. It, it no, was I, was, I was saying Snore because you got to it so late. Oh, that's, yeah. I was playing that like 2013. Gone Home's, Gone Home's great. I know. Yeah, but I, I want, love Gone Home. I was I, playing it before it was cool. I, I, pl- I played it before it was released. Like, and I if you want another game like that, you all should play Her Story. 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to have the game people are mad at irrationally that, yeah. that that critics liked because it's like you know what critics like fucking anything that isn't playing another goddamn fucking Halo yeah. like the critics well, that's like you know you know why movie critics like all these fucking uh, French period dramas yeah, and shit they, because it's different that you're never gonna see yeah well no it's just like with games it's like yeah like critics got hyped about Mountain. Which mm-hmm. was just a game where you just look at a mountain and can't do anything. Yep. And I'm like, people were like, why is everyone talking about this? It's not even a game. It's a screensaver. I'm like, they're talking about it because they're so fucking tired yeah. of talking about loot. They're so <laughs> tired of that. That's why they're talking about this weird shit that isn't even a game. Yeah. So my quick complaints about Gone Home Console Edition kind of sound like the kind of thing you shouldn't be complaining about Gone Home about. You don't like gays. Exactly. No, I knew it. Uh, knew it. No, uh, text is too small when you're uh-huh. reading those letters. Oh, really? I had to like, I got to extend up and look oh. at the again. And when a monitor is only a foot from your face, yeah. it's not so bad. I can see that. Even yeah. worse, the achievements didn't unlock properly. <gasps> uh, Dave, how, how how can you even live? I know. That? Now people don't know that I got I put the duck upstairs. I I love. Oh man. Oh, I just Sorry. carried it around with me. Actually, you know what I did? Uh, when the, you find the secret passageway, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a little paper cross in there. And I was kind of sketched out, so I just carried that with me for like the <laughs> next hour or so of exploration. <laughs> like, I can't lose this. This is going to come in handy, I bet. So, <laughs> as I recall, uh, your, one of your former bosses, uh, Logan Decker, who's a super cool dude, uh, he reviewed the game, and when he first played it, yeah. He just just touching things found the secret panel for the very end of the game. <laughs> oh just at the God. start, it was like, oh, secret panel. Yeah, do, he, do, do, yeah. do, 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 the end. The first like, thing he told me about the game was that he hated it because he beat it in about yeah. five minutes. <laughs> I never, I didn't find that first uh, like diary thing, like the one that's like right to the left of the door when you walk in. Oh, I, wow. I never got that. Where it's like all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about the family moving in. I'm like, uh, so how long have they lived here? I can't tell. Mm. Because I didn't find that until yeah. I uh, decided to go achievement hunting at the end, which is totally what you do with Gone Home, right? Yeah, that's exactly the way. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't yeah. do that on PC at all. But let's not talk about three-year-old games. Yeah. Please. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the GameSpot list again, and uh, you know what is coming out this week? Sea uh, Kane for PC. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know anything about it other than it's pretty clear somebody just decided, why don't I make the Citizen Kane of video games? <laughs> and I'll just call it Citizen Kane, and, and no, I can't, because that's uh, copyrighted. <laughs> See, Kane's a smart way to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also I've Final Fantasy Explorers. Which has not been getting the best reviews. Yeah, so it's just like Final Fantasy wanted to have a Monster Hunter game, so they made it. You did, know? it did it have to want that? Did it, did uh, it want, want that it, for completion's sake? If you want to sell uh, 2 million copies of something in Japan, you want that. Like, yeah, but, that's a good point. Though it didn't sell, I don't think it sold amazingly in Japan anyway. The, the Hunter craze might be on the wane there. Uh, or at least everybody's like, yeah, we got Monster Hunter. I don't need... I got Monster Hunter X. I don't need this other stuff. But, yeah, it just was... It's a you can play it single player, but not really, and it it's full of tons of Final Fantasy mm. fan service. Which if that still has an effect on you, mm. then you got a lot of that in there. Which at this point, I'm like, Cloud in a Final Fantasy game, you always do that. Yeah. If I see Cloud not in a Final Fantasy game, yeah. that's exciting. <laughs> I want to know how they get all those uh, big old games into that little PS Vita. How do they do it? How do they? Oh squeeze? no, it's a 3DS game. Vita games don't get made anymore. 
Oh, how did I get those uh, big old games into those 3DSs? They're so little. Yeah, uh, <laughs> magic. Japanese yeah. magic. Uh-huh. Yes. So in this game, does, if, if you do play multiplayer, does somebody have to carry the bucket? No, it's not totally like... You know, that's such... Man, does everyone you, have to have their own Game Boys? Clearly, <laughs> clearly nobody here played any of the later Crystal yeah. Chronicle games where you didn't have Miasma and nope. you could just connect wirelessly with your DS to your Wii. All right, but, I don't know if you were doing it for effect, but you did push up your last I did uh, okay. for effect. Okay, but, thank you. But who who has to put a tube into the urethra and feed through it? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, Lego Captain America, who's in this week's other big release, Lego Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, so the thing with Lego Marvel Avengers is it actually feels like, presentation-wise, I have not played the game. But presentation-wise, it feels like a massive step back from Lego Marvel superheroes. Lego Marvel superheroes had everybody: ah, Spider-Man, yes. X-Men, Fantastic Four. Clearly, a deal made before the X-Men and Fantastic Four stopped appearing in video games, which hmm. is the deal we're in right now. Uh, now, this one, Marvel Avengers, is just the Avengers who were in uh, Marvel Lego Marvel. Mm-hmm. The only difference is these are the movie Avengers and. Not unlike the Lord of the Rings and Hobbits uh, Lego games, they are reenacting scenes yeah. from the movies with voice clips and everything. And so, so what, what are you saying? There's no Moon Knight in this? Uh, no sale? No, he might be. Uh, if you've been an Avenger mm. and you're not a Mutant or Fantastic Four member or seemingly Spider-Man, if you're not any of those things, but you were ever an Avenger, you are in the game. And they That's are digging weird. kind of deep there. Yeah. They've even got some of the first, like... Uh, no, I mean, some of the few gay Lego characters I can think of, because they've got Lego America Chavez, who's a lesbian. They've got Lego Wiccan and Hulkling, a gay couple. They've got uh, Lego Kate Bishop, I believe, in them, too. And Lego, they, it's, it's at least digging deep into Avengers lore to just be like, here's Avengers who never get to appear in video games. So that's cool, but... I'm not... Also, Lego Marvel was an original story taking place in a Lego Marvel universe. This is just, now you're Cap 1. Now you're Cap 2. Now you're na- Iron Man 3. Yeah, now you're Avengers. Is, too bad it's pulling scenes from such bad movies. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> oh, you. It, 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 it might have been good if it had just been original scenes that were written well. Well, and if you want that, that ha ha ha. Can, I play, as, fight is can I play as James Spader without the Ultron makeup? Mm-hmm. Uh, if only there was a James Spader character. So it's just him from uh, Black Blacklist, uh, Black List, yeah. not Black Adder. That stars Thor, yeah. not yeah. Black Adder. No, to, to oh, I wish if Black Adder was in this. Can I play just man? have all these. His greatest power would be a withering glare. Yeah, <laughs> Lego whatever. It's just as many licensed characters as they could cram in. That's yeah. Dimensions. Man. Lego That's... Ready Player One. That's... Lego, who gives a shit? Yeah. Eh, I give a shit, I, but I, I didn't play Marvel Superheroes until it was a PS Plus game. And I bet in six months, seven months, this will be a PS Plus game as well. We're going to review this one, but we're not, uh, we're not rushing to get it out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider coming to PC. Mm-hmm. So far, uh, actually, I think our review will be up before this episode is up. Mm-hmm. So I guess I can say that like so far, it seems like a fine port, mm-hmm. and the game is good. And that's already established, and got like probably way less recognition that yeah. than it probably deserved yeah. when it first released as an Xbox exclusive. Exclusive that came out on the same day as Fallout Four. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that that was all bad. But hopefully, maybe now on PC, people will be like, 
Oh, actually, this was a pretty great Tomb Raider Squeenix game. does good PC ports, and usually, right? Yeah, they're actually yeah. known well, Except being... if it's a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, yeah except you're to... talking about Square Enix in America yeah. and Europe. The yeah, yeah, no, no. When they, when they port a Final Fantasy game, they always love to use the mobile graphics, and it's like, <laughs> but those look awful. The sprites look fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why did you vectorize all this shit? Like, it looked better before. Uh I don't know. Or they make 3D models and it looks stupid. Like mm. like the Final Fantasy port, like looks yeah. really dumb. Because mm. it's like the characters are all like bad 3D models and then the backgrounds are the same. I don't know. Yeah. But it sounded like going exclusive didn't help Rise of the Tomb Raider so much. I, mm. I hope I hope Microsoft wrote him a big check because it sounded like... Yeah, probably I, like, I would... Uh, yeah. I mean a really big check because they check. only... If they only sold a million copies or two million copies, like that doesn't cover costs. That does mm-hmm. not come anywhere close to covering the cost. Yeah, they really. I mean, yeah. it, it, people thought they'd buy an Xbox One to play it, but it wasn't on that level. You know? Yeah. No, it definitely wasn't on that level because the first game, everyone was like, "Oh, that was really good," but it yeah. wasn't like I need it in my life. Good. Yeah. It, was it was just a, like a good game. And I had such low expectations for it. Or, and then, or, but the thing yeah. is, the second one is supposedly better than the first one, and it's not getting. It's probably not getting the recognition it deserves. Yeah, uh, I can say no one's buying a console for this war of mine, the little ones, which uh, adds children to an already very depressing game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds like a fucking bummer. <laughs> hey Tyler, you'll like it. Yeah, I'm I love trying to keep kids. I can't wait to keep try, try and keep kids alive in the face of disease actually, and depression and getting shot at. Actually, I just play that dragon cancer over and over uh, again yeah. every night. <laughs> That's all I do. That's the kind of game I like. I want. I want to be sad. Every day. And then you go hammer nails into the most sensitive parts of your body. Yeah, that's what I do. Just to feel something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that dragon kid is pretty good, though. Uh, I I do actually really like this war of mine, even though it's a huge downer of a game. Mm Because it has that kind of weird fun like yeah go out into the world and collect stuff and try to stay alive while people are shooting at you and possibly trying to stab you and uh here's this uh old man in alone in a house who uh has food and medicine that you need maybe you should stab him Mm -hmm. and just take it just take it see what happens that makes sense he's lived his life yeah exactly. somebody else will just Hmm. murder him anyway Uh may as well do it myself yeah it's a cinch someone else is gonna do it might as well be me you know when it comes to keeping little kids from dying there's no better game than uh super grave of the fireflyers (laughs) oh yeah that's that's what i want to play in my free time all right news yeah let's move along to Poor dearly departed Anne, she will be missed. She'll live on in oh, these yeah. audiences. Yeah. yeah, she had to dig her car out of snow the other oh, day. Oh man, I saw that picture. It's pretty amazing. It was also like, oh, you have a car now, just in time for it to be buried under snow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not out there to help at all. Mighty number nine got fucking delayed again. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I gotta say, this is uh, instead of being the resurrection of Mega Man, I think it's the death of Keiji Nafune's um, reputation. I'd say just because he. You don't think Yaiba was that? I take think a was, suck. Well, Yaiba had the. Yeah, take a suck. There's <laughs> some concept behind like a huge so, now Microsoft published oh, game. Oh, yeah. Uh, so here's the problem with Keiji and Fune. Uh, well, one, he was very lucky with Yaiba coming out right around when Mighty Number no. 9 was announced because 
people already forgot about Yaiba. And it was attached to Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja, so you just go like, oh, Team Ninja sucks. Even though, no, it's it's concept, and also the Z-grade developer's concept likes to work with, or at least that one, the ones who also made um, uh, Lost Planet 3, which fucking blew. Mm. Uh, but anyway... Meanwhile, Mighty Number no. 9 was like, yeah, I'm Keiji Inafune. I want to make more Mega Man, but can't. You guys can help me. Give me a million dollars. And we all did. And they said, oh, it'll be out in uh, 2015. End of 2015, easy. End of 2015 It was playable comes, at E3. And, and uh, not well received. Hmm. Not all that well received for most of its demos. And then they're like, oh, we got to put more polish on it. It'll be out February this week. It'll be out in spring, and they're not going to give us a more specific date than that because they'll probably just miss that anyway. Though they just said, like, we don't want to give a more specific date. And the part that drove me the most crazy as a backer of this was when he said, well, the netcode's not work. We got to work on the netcode. It's really hard to make an online game on. I just thought, I didn't pay you to make an online Mega Man. Yeah. I never want an online Mega Man. I paid Man. you I'm to like, make a Mega Man. Yeah, Period. make that. Yeah. Just flush the netcode down the toilet you probably wasted a lot of money on making something that won't be used yeah. is this going to be a real pvp game or some shit no I absolutely not. maybe we know now why there hasn't been a new mega man game in yeah. years oh well, this will still be out any mega man game to market yeah, yeah. yeah well that's and true. i think yeah. that i don't know what it means for mega man and yeah. i hope and honestly i feel bad for mega man fans who saw this as, oh, this will fix everything. Now we'll finally get the Mega Man. It just won't be called it, but it'll be the great game we want. And to just be, like, tugged around by this for so long. And and also, too, that Kaiji Nafune is saying this stuff. At the same time, when he still hasn't shipped this, he started two other Kickstarters last year and announced that mid that core game or whatever it is for... ReCore. ReCore for Xbox One. Which looks like a big, ambitious project. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well... It yeah, I mean that video we watched. It was it was a fucking CG movie. It's not a game. Yeah, it was a concept. But it is like a Microsoft flagship. Like yeah. check out what we got. And he can suckle off that teat for a long time. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just feel, feel it, it, the last year. It just felt like he announced all these projects to keep getting more funding, and it's this thing. I watched this documentary on Canon Films. The uh, the the guys who made every bad movie in the eighties, the, the Death Wish films, mm. every Chuck Norris movie. And one of their things was just that they they said that they were always their films would lose money, but they would always be working to get funding for their next films to pay for the films they couldn't pay for now. And they're like, "Well, some of these will be successful and pay for that." And it just it feels like the same cycle of we haven't put this out yet, we're making no money, but I have to announce new things to get an influx of money to make those things, and then hopefully we'll finally ship this. And it just feels like. He's just announcing things to announce them. It just it feels very empty. You know what he'd say to you if you, he were here right now, Henry? Mm-hmm. Y'all be haters. Don't hate my game. Yeah. Just ship the game, yeah. man. He, he would don't say that. Yeah. He would also say... Enigmatic way. That you only get to <laughs> ship a game once. You know, mm-hmm. so like, if it's... I don't know. If it's close to being like the Mega Man alternative, then mm. if you if it needs another month, then take another yeah, month. I don't care that much and about it's, delays. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just sad to see delays this, are just waiting. It's just sad to see this goodwill misspent. That's all. Well, did you guys play much of that? What was the side scroller that he did for 3DS? Like Blue Volt or something like oh, that? No, oh no, Gun Volt. your Gun Volt. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. also pretty much is Mega Man. Which I he was barely involved in it, but it was Indie Creates, the guys who are making Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm. Uh, it was fine. 
It's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I thought. Like I don't really and and the, the I played better the weird little eight bit demake that came with it. Like yeah, that yeah, I actually like the demake better, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Where but, you can play as um, what's his face from Mighty Number no. Nine. Yep, uh, Beck. Bolt? Come on, Beck. Yes, thank you. Beck and Call. <laughs> Get it? Oh. That's it. That's Rolls equivalent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Again yeah. with the English puns. But in other news, speaking of uh, weird Japanese things, Great Detective Pikachu finally got revealed. Which what had, is that? It yeah. had been announced a long time ago, but they, we finally got footage of it. It's it's the direct translation is Great Detective P- Pikachu. I know it means detective because uh, May Tante uh, is also detective in Sherlock Hound, one of my favorite Miyazaki cartoons. Uh, but so imagine a Pikachu that wears a Sherlock Holmes hat or the wolf punted as you do the yeah. deer stalker deer stalker wearing a deer stalker a brown deer stalker walking around with a little boy who speaks fluent Japanese like this Pikachu speaks fluent Japanese <laughs> and is asking people questions like what about this mystery I'm looking for the-? like it's this investigation game <laughs> and then he also runs into a regular Pikachu who just goes Pikachu Pika so this is a weird Pikachu that can speak. Hmm. That, and speak Japanese, and it's also like got really good lip sync, and ah. it's like this almost like Pixar. Nah, that's too high level, but, but it, it is a CG animated thing speaking, and it's a ton of work. And one, I think, will this ever come out in America? Because this is a lot of off lip sync, and you're gonna have to do a lot of yeah. voice acting, which you normally hate doing in Pokemon mm-hmm. games. And then second, like, is this too weird to even come out here? Like, what is... I still don't even know really what it is. So is, do you have any idea how big the Pokemon fan base is? Yes, yeah. they will bring it out over here. Yeah, even if you sell to 5% of that, you, mm-hmm. you, you've made money. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, does the Pikachu in this trailer have the same voice as normal no, Pikachu? No, oh, it's, it's a, a Japanese man doing the voice uh, who just ugh. says full words. I don't like it's that. Like, the the Pikachu yeah Pikachu's only say Pikachu and they all sound the same. Uh, while meanwhile this one speaks fluent Japanese and it has a man's voice. Everybody knows Pikachu is voiced by a woman, so <laughs> it's a woman's voice for Pikachu versus yeah. this detective Pikachu. It's it's very silly. It's a 3DS game. Maybe we'll get it this year. Pika. Also, speaking of things that maybe that maybe exist, Homefront Revolution is apparently uh, yeah. still a thing. People are playing it. Uh, there's getting there's been impressions on, going up. It's getting a beta on Xbox One <laughs> on February 11th. I, I, uh, I saw that game back at uh, PAX. PAX Room. Yeah. Well, but but exists. like the new news game. is that it has co-op and uh, four four player mm-hmm. co-op, and your people are posting impressions. It's a real game. Yeah, it is a totally. real game. Yeah, who's making it finally? Because I remember like it got handed it off CD to. Is it CD Projekt? No, no, it's not no, CD no, Projekt. No, no, no. I thought it hands was a couple times. I thought it was the Time Splitter guys. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, I, I thought Crytek so. And, and then the yeah, I don't know what. I, like, I interviewed. I one thought of the they'd been shut down. Yeah, I, I, I interviewed so one of the developers back at PAX, and I, I can't remember the name of the developer. I'm opening up the news story to find out what the what the developer is now. I can't remember the name, but. He, he told me, like, uh, yes, the publisher has changed a few times, but... Oh, yeah. Because it was THQ. Yeah, but it is mm-hmm. it is basically the same team who started working on it. It's not yeah. like it's been, like, thrown between totally different development teams, so it's basically... Ah, here's what happened. Uh, the, the intrigue surrounding the game's development and the creation of its developing studio, Dam Buster Studios, which was spun off from Crytek. So this ah. was being made by THQ, then Crytek bought it, and then they're like, we don't want this either, or whoever 
who worked there was making it like, then we'll just be our own studio and we'll publish it. And we'll be Damn Buster Studios. Yeah, so I guess they must really believe in it. So it's not like the develop. Yeah, it's not like that. It's like jumped between totally different developers or anything. But I will say, when I played it, eh, I I wasn't like extremely into it. Uh, Hmm. But war. But so everyone else probably will be somewhat into it. Homefront is such an exciting franchise that everyone loves and remembers so well. Well, the first one I I I reviewed it for Games Radar, and I thought it had a lot of potential. And actually, Mm. the multiplayer was an overlooked gem. Like this is actually really fun. It's way more fun than the single player, and nobody's going to play it because they all think this game sucks. I think there will be some good stuff in the single player because it really is like about open like stealth, where it's like, oh, you got a big world patrolled by dudes who are bad from North Korea or wherever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to like maneuver through this big world like riding dirt bikes and shit like there's some cool ideas oh, in there okay that's that's cool yeah uh, PlayStation um, wait oh. I want to I want to ask one more hard hitting question do you know Tyler having talked to the developer will the Homefront sequel feature product placement from down market brands like TigerDirect.com and White Castle <laughs> you know, I, I actually haven't heard. Uh, I didn't ask that. Mm. That was so Well, sad. their PR mm. release balloons into the bay. Polluted. Yeah. yeah. And they also gave away, like, Korean tacos or something at GDC. Yeah, and, like, they, that was on every bus stop for, like, a week, yep. which they, is weird. They we got to defend the TigerDirect.com store. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, so the PlayStation groups have all merged into one now. They went through a big reshuffle uh, over the weekend, so... Say goodbye to Sony Computer Entertainment. All right, no yes. longer exists. Don't call. There's no SCEA, SCEJ, SCEE. No longer. Mm. There is simply Sony Interactive Entertainment, and the this base, will have no uh, impact on anyone except games journalists and copy editors. Well, the the global base is now in Santa uh, San Mateo, like which is now, crazy. So that instead mm. of Tokyo, so I think this could. We probably won't even see results of any changes for four years, yeah. maybe, the way the way business works. Yeah. But having yeah. it based in America instead of Japan now is a crazy big difference for Sony. Yeah. Like they it was a long time before Sony put anyone in charge who wasn't Japanese. Maybe, and when they did, yeah. they all blamed him for Sony going to the shitter. Maybe that's because uh the Western PlayStation games get developed and finished, whereas uh <laughs> ones from Japan not so never much. happened or finished. Yet they dumped SOE, so I I read that like this is ten years ago for Sony, but that they Back then, they had such a divide in development or in in all their things. They're like, we have these Hollywood studios where the producers have all they make all this money and can do whatever they want. But then Sony also owns the the uh, their engineers in Japan, and the engineers in Japan have seniority, but they don't make half of what a producer on a movie does. And so they're angry that they don't make any money, and the only way they can express that is like. By having the seniority to waste Sony's money on bad ideas and just be like, no, I'm the engineer. I, I think this is a good idea for TV. I'm going to spend $100 million on it because it's my idea. And they just had to go like, sure, yeah. <laughs> the PlayStation 3 should have that. It should. Uh, um, war criminal Donald Rumsfeld made a mobile game. <laughs> Churchill Solitaire. Yep. Yeah. Which was just which, like this is kind of weird. Uh, I'm reading over Polygon's story, which you guys linked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Churchill Solitaire was f- first taught to Rumsfeld by Andre de Sterk 
a young diplomat who became a protege and confidant of Churchill's after he escaped his native Belgium during the Nazi occupation in World War II. Uh, when asked by Polygon why he was finally releasing the game now, Rumsfeld said that technology wasn't available before. For a solitary for game. For a solitary game. <laughs> yeah. Which is well, since this was a project he's always wanted to work on, was glad to finally be able to do So this is a game made by two very old men. Donald Rumsfeld and a guy the, who Donald hung Rumsfeld out is eighty three, according to the strapline on the someone who knew Winston Churchill. I suggest reading the Wall Street Journal article because uh, it, it goes into like his management process, where he doesn't know anything about programming or no. game design, but just like controls the flow in a series of like short memos, mm-hmm. which he calls snowflakes. Well, that's how he. That's how he ran the yeah. uh, Pentagon, yeah. and just like snowflakes, just like. We we need to stop adding glitches to the game. <laughs> ah, we gotta. Why do we keep making more glitches? I can't imagine. I think you should, I think you should have fired the team that was making. Mm, glitches. This should yeah, more yeah, be yeah. the best game. I can't do imagine that. that Donald Rumsfeld will be an out of touch demagogue who would tell people the wrong things to do and then lie to journalists. That's not the Donald Rumsfeld <laughs> that I know, guys. Well, what he said he clar- he does clarify the technology statement, saying only recently has technology given someone the ability to play it. On a handheld device anywhere in the world with the click of a button. Yes, recently, uh, roughly nine years ago. Mm-hmm. <sighs> click of a button? If it's on phones, then you're not yeah. technically clicking buttons if it's a I should be able to tap the screen, Mr. Rumsfeld. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> at least he's doing this instead That's of just true. taking yeah. engagement, like speaking engagements at uh, Republican. No, yeah, make something. Like, I saw this pop up on the, the Apple Store. I almost bought it yesterday. It's like, it might be nice to own a solitaire game. Nah, I don't really At least one. W is uh, painted pictures, you know? This dog paintings are the yeah. worst paintings. I, I don't know. I think he has some good paintings. But. One of my favorite Onion articles <laughs> was, um, recently was, it was about his dog paintings and saying that each, and it says, but George W. Bush, in each of his paintings, there is a a haunting. They are haunted by a dead Iraqi child. Like in half yeah. of them, he just paints a dead <laughs> no, Iraqi child. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Donald Rumsfeld should be in jail. Um, let's see here. Oh, the Carrie Chronicle. Speaking of war games, that's coming. Yeah. We're finally getting. Well, they've uh, confirmed that America will get the PS4 remake of Valkyria Chronicles. I guess that's good. But Hell how's yeah. it different? It's on a PS4. Okay. And uh, you know, and it'll have a physical. It was on PC like a year ago. Well, now it's on the PS4. Okay. Uh, And and if it sells, I think this is Sega also testing the water to see will this sell. If so, then we'll put out the next Valkyria Chronicles in America. But if not, it'll be just like Valkyria Chronicles Three, which uh, (sighs) not come out in America. All right. Is there any more news? Are we doing news? I have (laughs) one last news. Damn it, Henry. Platinum Games TMNT game finally yeah. just got formally announced after being leaked for about two months. Maybe this will be the good one. Yeah. Hey, Transformers hey, was not bad. I'm, no, I'm, I mean... Oh, the good you know, I, I actually was playing uh, Transformers over the weekend, and I was like, this is this is like Anarchy Reigns if Anarchy Reigns was fun and yeah. not boring and stupid. And starring your favorite Transformers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed that people were... With their voices from the 80s, which yeah. is crazy. Still alive. That I was annoyed that some people were like, I want to play as Decepticons. Like, you have you can't be both sides yeah. of a story in every Transformers game. Mm. Like, sorry. The Decepticons yeah. are bad guys. Be just be Autobots and be happy with yeah. it already. And the last two games let you do that and were not fun, so yeah. oh, well, oh you we, mean yes, well, that wasn't no. Yeah. That you are correct. And I actually started wondering while playing that, like, 
Do we really know why the Decepticons and the Autobots are fighting? Is this like some sort of Game of Thrones-style schism where uh, Optimus Prime became the Prime and Megatron was like, no, I am not working with this guy. I'm going to split off with my own army and I'm going to take over. And uh, we've really just been looking at it wrong this whole time. It's, it's mainly because the Decepticons were so deceptive. That was oh, the problem. I see. Yeah, they I mean, were right there. Oh, it's it's right in the name. Yeah, yeah they, were, yeah, they yeah. were being deceptive, and then and then the Autobots were like, we're automatically offended by that deception. <laughs> ah, yeah, I love yeah. that even in the first episode of the cartoon, Starscream is like talking right directly behind Megatron's back, like, and then I will turn on you and take over the Decepticons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Megatron knows that Starscream is uh, constantly trying to kill him, but uh, he's just confident enough we should really move on. He's uh, just keeping him around to mess with him. Yes. Community segment! Mm. You guys already mm. talked about community the show, so you can't it do it here. It is community segment. It is, commu- it is segmenting the community. the community, as it always does. Uh, last week's question of the week. Um, what third party... Makes we ex- or what third party Nintendo exclusive would you want to see on other consoles? I guess based on uh, Bloy and his blub. Mm-hmm. Yep, Bloy and his blub. I forgot, uh, I forgot I was even on this. I was not. You you were forgetting at the Wait, time. You were. Uh, you weren't on it either, right? Nope, What's your answer? So I can Jeez, one. boy, right? Boy, uh, really? Right on me, huh? Well, I read. I'm going to say one that was not in the question of the week answers, which is deadly. Creatures, which was the Bugs fighting game. That was game, my but, answer. Oh, well. Get done. Pick another one. Uh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> okay, Fragile Dreams. All right. Oh, the, that's a good yeah, one. That's a really good game. Honestly, the gameplay is the worst part of it, but it has an amazing soundtrack and great story. Look it up, nerds. <laughs> uh, this is not third party, technically, but Eternal Darkness. Seems like a... Yeah, it, sure it, was, it, was, it was extending to Nintendo games yeah. in general. Yeah, right. I didn't want to limit it to Wii, so that's a, yeah, tough that's one. a good one. But we are in a world where, like, all, like, not all of Rare stuff, but a lot of Rare stuff from the Nintendo 64 that we thought was basically exclusive and would never be seen that's elsewhere is on Xbox One, so, uh, you know, who knows? One day we can maybe get it. Didn't they have darkness. to, like, fuck with you? Like, with, yeah. like, I weird, love the insanity like, effects, man. Breaking. They were the best. In, but, fact, yeah. in fact, that could have been in, in our top five because it's, like, it breaks the... It breaks the fourth yeah. wall. Too. Well, yeah, like, but it's not, it's not talking about the way you're playing. It's not a meta commentary yeah. and stuff. It kind of is because it's like we're going to make you feel the insanity of the character by being like, "Oh, the game is crashing right now." Like, mm-hmm. uh, like you the, can't trust anything yep. you see. Though you'll never get to play it because of the utter quagmire that Dennis Dyack left mm-hmm. his company in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but if that was an Xbox One though. They could uh, make that fourth wall breaking. Uh, it'll just trigger random uh, connect commands. Without you knowing. <laughs> yeah, it was, should do that. Sad to find out, though, that like Silicon Knights, you know, you always think of them as like, oh, they were really good. They made Eternal Darkness and Metal Gear the Twin Snakes. And then finding out, like, oh, reading the Co- big Kotaku expose about them, that like, yeah, the reason those games are so good is because Nintendo basically stepped in and said, we're fixing this. Hands yeah, off. you're two years late and yeah. we're going to finish this. Get could, out of here. Could you imagine you know, Eternal Darkness on 360? It could have red-ringed the <laughs> That really would have made people oh, freak out. Oh, man, <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember my first red ring. It was terrible. I only had one red ring. Uh, yeah, same here. Send it back. Got mm-hmm. a new one. Anyway, uh, Baka is Dumb was the first to answer the question. So Cody made the page in the forums, but they yeah. did not reply. They didn't so, actually give a reply. So. so, yeah, Cody, thanks for doing that. Next time, leave an answer. But uh, we'll, we'll say your name anyway. Baka is Dumb 1 was the first to reply. However, it says, 
While this isn't strictly a first-party Nintendo franchise, I have long been an admirer of the Super Robot Tyson franchise. This is a franchise that combines various giant robots from several anime franchises. Now that's a series. He said series here. From Gundam to Mazenkaiser? Mazenkaiser. To Code Geese. 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 Into a tactical RPG with an original story and mecha. Some games in the franchise have been released on systems ranging from the Game Boy to the 3DS. Leaving out the fact that most games were never even released in America, I would like to be able to play some of these games on more powerful hardware. Maybe an addition of Super Robot Tyson OG Saga, Endless Frontier, or a third Super Robot Wars Alpha to the end of the galaxy. Wouldn't that be just grand? Uh, Stabby Joe said, Mad World, a super stylized violent game sent to die at the peak of the Wii's casual family fandom. If the same characters can get uh, get to have the, another chance in a worse game on other platforms, <laughs> yeah. and if he reigns, then why not the better game itself have a shot at success with better controls this time? Uh, Cory Noob said, It has been my answer for things before, but Contra... Four for DS on PC would be awesome. Oh, yeah. The single player is great, the co-op is fun, and the challenge mode was a blast. I'm sure you could say 90% of Konami's catalog could be brought over to PC to find a new audience, but it probably won't ever happen. Symphony, Symphony of Night, Suikoden, etc., etc., etc. P.S. R.I.P. in peace, Tyler Wild. I will still look forward to your PC Gamer uh, articles. Thank you for ripping in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Rip in peace. Uh, I might be back. I can read one here, though. Uh, Dorito Killer. Uh, I like that killer is spelled K-L-L-R. <laughs> it's cool because... No room for vowels. Fuck vowels. Uh, definitely have to go with Beetle Adventure Racing for the N64. Uh, there was an exclamation point, so I felt like I had to yell it. Uh, I played this game so much... With my sister when I was younger, and it has forever ingrained itself in my mind as being amazing. The whole thing is just advertising for what was at the time the new Beetle, but in one of <laughs> those old twists of fate, it was a really good game as well. It had secrets everywhere and all sorts of interesting levels to race. Going back to it nowadays, the game runs at a buttery smooth 15 <laughs> frames per second, and this kills the enjoyment quite a bit. So if it got a release on any modern console or dumped onto Steam, I would be first in line to drop some dollars for it. I've never heard of this. Was this really a, uh, an advert game for Beatles? Yeah, well, it was like... It wasn't an advert game because they charged yeah, you, you gotta, for you it. For but it. You, it was just a tie-in game, like Ferrari Racing or whatever. Yeah. Right? See, I assumed it was about Beetle Bailey. Uh, That's why you didn't touch it. He's like hmm. the only cartoon character who hasn't gotten I thought it was for the Beatles. I should read this one. Uh, uh, Conrader says, there's a very important third-party Wii new release this week you guys forgot about. Wii Brunswick Bowling for, for Wii U. Brunswick Bowling. Did we forget or did we ignore? T-Dar nostalgia aside, I'd love to see Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz for the Wii re-released after watching an amazing run of it on Awesome Games Done Quick this year. So I actually believe that because... Uh, True to form for a Wii U release, uh, Brunswick Bowling actually came out on Xbox One like three months ago, mm. <laughs> and I was thinking about getting it, like, oh, that would be a fun stream to do, uh, you know, to talk radar reference. Yeah. 
It's fifty to damn dollars. What? Fifty damn dollars for Brunswick bowling. Fifty dollars? Fucking How hell! For that. Brunswick bowling. Uh, Moan for Stallone. The inimitable Moan for Stallone says Capcom Super Nintendo exclusive X Men Mutant Apocalypse. HD remaster would be so legit and topical. Hashtag Psylocke made me a man. Hashtag yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Tingler says, easy, easy answer. Star Wars Rogue Leader and Rebel Strike. I have absolutely no idea why arguably the best Star Wars games have remained Nintendo exclusive, especially GameCube only exclusive. The first Rogue Squadron is on P- PC and previous previous SNES exclusive Star... Uh, and the previous SNES exclusive Super Star Wars is on PSN, so there's no reason why Rogue Squadron 2 and 3 can't be re-released, at least on the effing Wii U. Dang. Uh, Silver Supernova says, I'd love to see the first two Snowboard Kids games <laughs> from the <laughs> Nintendo 64 brought back on any console or format. Sadly... Between that horrific, edgy reboot on the DS, yeah. as well as Atlas shifting almost all their focus to games like Persona, I'm not holding my breath for the series returning uh, me either. Atlas uh, makes way more money on Persona I than d- Snowboard Kids. I do remember Snowboard Kids, though. I was weirdly like not a snowboarder, but really into snowboard games. Did you play 1080 as well? Oh, the, uh, God, of course. It's funny that referred then to spinning around and stuff and not not a resolution. Yeah. <laughs> which the N64 could not pull off. And then if the game was called 1080 snowboard, Snowboarding because it gave you 1080p, that'd be that'd be yeah. must yeah. That would be I mean, about snowboarders that pee off their boards. I love that game. Snow, right? And I loved yeah. all the SSX. Wasn't N64 resolution something like 240 by Three twenty. So, yeah. yeah, it's ass. This uh, is like a, a a total tangent. But my first press event ever, like like travel press event ever, was for SSX uh, Tricky or Tricky SSX? on the Wii. Oh. Whatever was on the Wii. First. Oh god, Not that tricky, one. No, SSX it was uh, bad. blur, blur, blur. Yeah, and it was the press event was at an ice hotel. Oh, I that. oh my god, a hotel built of ice in in, in Quebec. That sounds mm-hmm. so cool, but also I think I would not I was, want to do it. I was trying to play a Wii game. My hands were frozen. My yeah. feet were frozen. I was wow. Enjoy cold. your bed. That is ice. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually mm-hmm. stay. I stayed, yeah. I stayed like an hour away in Quebec <laughs> City. But once I got back to the hotel, like my feet were numb, and I had to like pour a lukewarm bath and slowly put my feet into oh, them, and Jesus. it burned like a motherfucker. It was so cold. Did you at least put to use your old French Canadian that you used to know? Uh, no, I, uh. I, I don't know any French anymore. Uh, Gamer Swift was the last one. I uh, said, uh, my answer has to be another code for the original DS. It's basically a point-and-click mystery adventure game, but made some really cool use of the touchscreen and microphone. Uh, one puzzle had the player use the stylus to scrape rust off a panel <laughs> so you could read a clue. And another puzzle involved bowling... Sorry. Another puzzle oh. involved blowing into the microphone to fog up a glass window to see a key code to unlock a door. I super regret selling my copy with my DS after moving to a new town and needing the money to pay rent. I'd rather have been homeless for a week because this game is impossible to find now, and I miss it so, so bad. Ooh, this probably makes me think... Uh, I'm going to change my answer. Ghost Trick. 
I know that mm. came out on uh, iOS, but yes. I don't think it's available anymore on iOS. So. It might have been taken down. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I think it was. it's not compatible with new iPhones. So. Oh, I, I yeah. never played that like one. Like Bioshock. Mm. Everyone told me it was It's so good. It's good but now yeah, I can't boy it. The only thing no. that I didn't like about it was uh, they didn't really change the resolution, so it's Nintendo DS uh, graphics yeah. on a high-res screen, and if you play it I think on iPad, there's a border around it. I thought you were going to say what sucks is the trick. The ghost, great, but mm. oh, yeah. why is he playing tricks on me? Yeah, yeah man. It's like ghost or trick. You know? yeah. can, can I pick one or the can other? Can I play ghost, just be level with me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't play no games, Ghost. I don't want. I don't go for people yeah. who Ghost, do. you're a trick. I like playing Ghost Honesty. Yeah. That's yeah. what I prefer. <laughs> New question of the week. What is... A puzzle in, in honor of the witness and and people's uh, frustration about it. What is a puzzle that you got stuck on to the point where you could not progress in the game? You had to put it aside. Maybe eventually you went back to it with a, a fact or a walkthrough, but uh, it stopped you in your tracks. Um, for me, I think the the one that I remember the best is playing Jaws Unleashed. Surprise! <laughs> but always no, comes back to this. There is a mission early on. Where uh, you are told to destroy a chemical factory that is completely out of your reach, and some rednecks are throwing explosive barrels into the water after you that uh, just blow the fuck up seconds after they touch the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, I probably don't want one of those anywhere near my head. So what the fuck do I do? And I'm just swimming around endlessly, getting frustrated, finally give up, came back to it later, and it's like, Fuck it, I, what have I got to lose? And I bit one of the barrels. <laughs> and it turns out, oh, when you grab them, they don't explode. And then it's your job to take them over to uh, within range of the chemical plant and spit the exploding barrels at the chemical plant. Which is obscenely ridiculous. Like if It's a, if not a, something Jaws should ever do. Well, also, if a bomb explodes when it hits water, it would it would do so even more when a, when a shark bit it. Yes. Uh, that's, that's to say that's, nothing of swiping scientists past keycard readers. Yes. Uh, boy, uh, well, mine, a quick one is that uh, I got stuck briefly in... I, I stopped briefly, I'd say, for about three weeks with Ocarina of Time because mm. the one of like, oh, point your... You gotta get light arrows. Duh, you point the arrows at the sun. I didn't... In 1998, that was not clicking for me until uh. I, I you know, went to a Walmart and read the guide and, and told me what to do. Uh, but the more recent one for me was in... I'm going to sound like a Persona fa- a <laughs> fake fan because I did not finish Persona Q. I put 60 freaking hours into it and I was in Dungeon 3 or 4. But it was one of these things of like, okay, get X, Y, and Z and you got to solve this puzzle. And I was like, no, this takes forever. Like, you have to... This, this involves 18 <laughs> steps in a row that I could read the fact for. <laughs> I just don't... I'm not enjoying this anymore. And I've walked in circles twice now. And, and I have other giant RPGs I should, <laughs> could be playing. And I got 60 hours of enjoyment out of you, Persona Q. And I bet in the end you'll just be a dream anyway and none of this mattered. So, hmm. okay, bye. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's when I gave up on it. But I, it's, Persona Q is a lot of fun up to those 60 hours. Wow. I remember getting... Like, stopping multiple times in a Discworld for the PS1... Uh, first of all, because I was renting it and I, and I didn't own a copy, so I would play for a while, get to a point, and like, like I didn't even have an official strategy guide. I had like this five and one strategy guide, so like I would get to this point 
and have to just stop completely because I didn't have a memory card that because I think that game took up all 15 slots of a PS1 memory card. Oh wow! I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. And so I would like I'd be nope, oh, I'm done for today. I got to bring it back to the store, and I would ask the clerk like, how do you, how do you beat Spartan? He's like, oh, you got to do this. And the next time I would get past that part and find a new thing. But I swear there was one point in this game where like I was like infinitely stuck in limbo and couldn't escape and I think it was an actual like I say that a lot when I get stuck in the game like alright this game is broken and I'm the first person who discovered it but like I think I, this was literally a game where I found a like an un like passable part but anyway that, that game I, anytime I think of like a puzzle that just stopped me in my tracks is Discworld because everything in that is so like you know obscure puzzle answer and even with a uh, strategy guide it was impossible. Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, I suggested this question, <laughs> but uh, I can't think of a great answer. I know it was something in Mist or Monkey Island. Uh, certainly. That, that pissed me the fuck off. Like, every Mist puzzle is like just a big <laughs> fuck you. Like, mm. they don't tell you anything in that stupid game that actually nope. that actually is bad and we all revere. Uh, but, but, like, that in Monkey Island. <laughs> Henry just dropped all his marbles. No, anyway, no. but anyway, yeah. No, I, I I can't think of anything like super specific. But yeah, there have been a lot of games where I've had to go to facts uh, mm-hmm. to deal with the uh, the issues of being stuck. I got actually one of the ones that kind of sucked was Portal Two because I was reviewing it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so there was no fact because I had it before it was out. So no one else ah was, yes, no one else was playing it. Eight. A common problem for reviewers, and I got to a point where um, you're kind of in this, like, big sort of outdoor area, like in the second half of the game, mm. uh, when it starts to introduce the uh, the gels and oh, stuff. those gels, yeah. Right, but yeah. There, there's, a, there's a point where you're kind of, like, in this big outdoor area, and there's, like, a big tall tower that you have to shoot uh, a, oh, a right, portal yeah. up to, and, like... I just couldn't find the surface that I was supposed to shoot a portal on, and I just couldn't figure it out. And it, it took me like two or three hours, and I, I quit multiple times, went out for like a million cigarettes, just pissed off cause, <laughs> because I had one weekend to review this game, and it was just like, what do you do if you just can't actually finish the game? And you have no one to ask for help because no one else has played it. So that was super, super frustrating. But uh, eventually I like just kind of randomly shot in the direction and figured it out but yeah that's that's the pain mm. the pain of getting games early man it's yeah. not all it's not all sunshine and lollipops well if you're doing a game that like you can get through fine but if it's dark souls and you're the first person to play dark souls in the press you're like oh shit now when it, yeah that's one thing that helps when i've reviewed super when when i reviewed super difficult japanese rpgs or or at least like complex Japanese RPGs in most cases they came out in Japan four yeah. months ago so somebody played it in English and, mm-hmm. and put up a guide Ooh, I just thought of two more from way back in the Apple II era that I want to get over real quick Karateka, Jordan Mechner's classic inaugural game I always thought it was Karateka Eh? Or kar- karateka, people have pronounced it like that, but it's What's a Japanese kar- word meaning uh, okay. one who does karate. I see. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, and so there's uh, midway through the game, there's like this portcullis gate that if you try to walk through it, it will slam down and crush you. If you try to run through it, it will slam down and crush you. And uh, I, 
for like weeks I couldn't get past this thing, possibly months. And then finally <laughs> I tried like, okay, what if I edge up close to it so that my leg gets under it, but not the rest of me? And then it slams shut and it's like, oh, okay, now I just walk through it as it goes up. And that seems like such a simple wow, puzzle yeah, now. yeah, it seems so simple now. Yeah. But, and, yeah. and another one, uh, Quest Probe. You probably never saw this. There were a series of... Uh, oh, no, they, they made Marvel ones. Yes, I've heard yes. I, so yes. I played the Spider-Man one, and that's the one where you can just type in the word die, and it says, like, okay, I'm dead. I'm in limbo now, and there's a sign that says, be more careful next time. <laughs> uh, and you just walk <laughs> wow. down a set of stairs, and you're back where you were. Oh. But there's a villain called the Ringmaster who has a hypnotic top hat. And, uh, of course, because yeah. he works for the and Circus of Crime, Exactly, everybody. and you yeah. walk in and he says, to defeat me is easy, just push the knob and turn it. And like, okay, push knob and turn it. And it's like, nope, he hypnotizes you and you have yeah. to go back outside. And so it turns out what you have to do is close your eyes and walk back in there and then push the knob and turn it and that defeats him. Wow. What? Yeah, it's the dumbest puzzle yeah, ever. Yeah, it's pretty awful. <laughs> Oof. All right, so what's a puzzle you got hung up on to the point where you couldn't progress, at least for a while, significantly, enough yeah. that you remember it? Let us know by going to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. The person to start the forum thread and answer, Cody, yeah. gets read first on next week's show. Or you can answer under the comments for episode 148 on com. That's been our show. Let's go out with a quick round of plugs. Do you guys like the X Files? No. <laughs> yeah, that first episode. I'm mad at it. That first episode of season ten is not good. I stayed up way too late talking to you about that on yeah, Twitter. By the fr- way. With Landon, our, we, our pro Landon. We were up to like one discussing oh, it. God. 9-11 was an inside job by aliens. <laughs> yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, now so it's modern. The first episode is not great. I'll, I did tell you last night, and I'll say again, the second episode gets a little better. I'll watch it. I'll gets watch a little it. better. better. Uh, anyway, hey, do you like X-Files? Because <laughs> we did a whole laser time about X-Files. Uh, we talk about our seven favorite weird or gimmick episodes of X-Files, <laughs> uh, along with just why we love the series. Those it was the best. It's a great episode, huh? Those are the best. Yeah, the those are the episodes? best. X-Con, they're, they're the ones that hold up the best. I hear too. the third one of the new season is more of a comedy episode. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm excited for that. That that should be good. First two? Eh. And also, I host, uh, I host Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast, where we talk about the new events in the world of comic books every week. And there's Talking Simpsons, where we chronologically go through what? every episode of The Simpsons. We're on episode 15 of season two, and that's hosted by Bob Mackie oh of Retronauts. Wow. So which, a uh, third plug, if you want to hear me talk about HAL <laughs> Laboratories... And their games with the Retronauts crew. I'm on this week's episode of that. Oh, hell yeah. You've, <laughs> you've already done 15 episodes? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, no. We've done what? 28. Yeah. Because we did the but first season, yeah. which is only accessible through patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> Be a patron, guys. Holy uh, cow. Well, I was going to segue from saying, oh, hell yeah, to uh, mentioning Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling podcast. Uh, Hank and I, and usually Brett, and uh, once in a blue moon, Chris, talk about wrestling. And uh, we just have the Royal Rumble in our rearview mirror, which Tyler watched. Holy, we, we maybe should get you on but the next episode. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was kind of you get to one. You get to one match, but still, I'm like cleaning up <laughs> my room, right? Trying to trying to trying to move out of here, but I uh, 
I heard you could get a free trial of yeah. the WWE Network, so I was like, hey, I'll watch it. I took some gifts of a hilarious chair mishap. <laughs> that was pretty good. Like, was that really? Do you think that was planned? Yes, was, yeah, I've seen that. Really? I've seen them do that. That's spot before. That's really? A, I think they're like, hey, was, if I can get it stuck on my head, then we'll do this, which they've done before. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that move uh, before. In it was a chair throw that managed to get like the chair stuck mm-hmm. on his head. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael and is gnawing on his microphone in frustration. Well, we're funny. talking about wrestling this much. Yeah. <laughs> you you butted in. You had a fun butt into me and Shane Patterson's uh, talk about wrestling, where you were just going super deep into wrestling terminology, and then you said, "What did you say? This is what it sounds. This is what uh, humans uh, sound like to dogs. This is what it sounds like when uh, yeah, humans talk to dogs. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, but, but yeah, pro, uh, yeah, G podcast, pro wrestling podcast. No, Every this week, is, this is how us. dogs must feel when humans talk. That yeah. is it. Yeah, and. Uh, speaking of Brett, he's the host of a show with uh, the the video game apocalypse widow Diana Diana Goodman uh, Goodman yes uh, yes uh, but anyway at Lace Nerd 30, on 20, 30, 2010 where we talk about all the events in pop culture thirty years ago twenty years ago and ten years ago. Do you like the Super Bowl or Challengers explosion? Yeah. Ooh. That's, I like uh, one of those things. But I, 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 I kind of wish which... I could be on that because I have yeah. very sharp. That that was our generation's Kennedy assassination before nine eleven. Before nine eleven <laughs> happened, yeah. yes, it was all those things. So listen to this week's. It's a great show and with an amazing intro by one hot dad. Yeah, really good theme song. Uh, yes. Oh, hot dad. Yes. Uh, also, you can. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, if you're going to be in New Orleans this Saturday, nice. January 30th, uh, that, which will be the day after this podcast goes up, uh, you can come out for the Chewbacca's Parade, which starts at 7 p.m. Uh, look it up online, Chewbacca's. Uh, we we will be there, we meaning uh, myself and Diana, and also Brett Elston and Carolyn Goodmanson, and uh, Charlie and Michael Grimm. We'll be somewhere along the parade route. Hit me up on Twitter, at Wikiparas, to coordinate uh, some sort of meeting. Or you can uh, just follow the show on Twitter, at VGApocalypse, and you'll get updates when it goes live every Friday, early in the morning, uh, when nobody's awake. Well, early in the morning for California. Yes. But, uh, and hey, follow me, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. Had to mention that. I suppose you did. And don't edit that out. Don't follow I, me... Don't follow Dave. We're good. Uh, Dave Rudden. Okay. At Tyler Wild. <laughs> Don't follow us. We're we're too rebellious for we're Twitter. We're fine. Tyler underscore Wild. Too hot for Twitter. That's what no, they say about us. We don't need followers. You're we're, right. You we're don't. Great. Yeah. Don't yeah. follow we have, them. We have too many. Like Who cares? The, we hit the limit. Yeah. yeah. You think you're doing the right thing by following them, but really, no. you're yeah. Not. You're actually, you're actually every follow uh-huh. is a stab to my heart. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It actually like a tiny needle. Goes into my heart. These are tweets you don't bring home to mom. What was that? The Milgram experiment? Yeah, every time you follow Tyler Wilde, it actually delivers an electric shock. Yeah, it's terrible. Please stop. Please. Please, I don't need any more followers. All right, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll do a good. Tyler, do you want to trade seats so I don't fart on your hoodie?
That's not my hoodie. You can uh, fart all oh, over it's it. Chris's hoodie. Yeah, fart away. All right. Uh, no, I'm taking my pants off notice. this. It'll, it'll improve the smell. There's going to be no fabric between uh, my butt and his hoodie. And, and even though yeah. you just admitted that you're farting the whole time, it smells way better in here yeah. without Chris, don't you think? Uh-huh. Jesus. 